what's going on cartel uh dropping another episode here with uh paranormal alaskan aka uh reg from alaska uh he's kind of a jack of all trades really he he's a comedian uh he was on sam tripoli's show and tripoli kind of uh you know excommunicated with him (laughs) and uh but there's he tells the story and it's pretty funny um but we also got into uh what he did when it came to uh you know making documentaries about ghost hunting and it's like real shit it's not like the stuff you see on tv it's different um pretty fascinating stuff uh he lived in a house with a serial uh, where a serial killer used to live and had some paranormal a lot of paranormal encounters and uh it got him on the path where he's at today and uh then we started talking about a lot of other things including the new world order um uh shed a little bit of a different perspective on that uh you'll see what i mean when you get into it but uh hope you enjoy this episode with reg and uh you know what to do sit back relax smoke a dupe drink a beer do what you gotta do and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Red Pill Cartel. I have the paranormal Alaskan himself, Reg Calkins. How's it going, brother? I'm doing good. How are you? Great, man. I'm super excited to have you on, man. We've been in touch for like quite a while, like, like even when I started doing this show. And uh, I, I was looking at a lot of your stuff and... Uh, yeah, I was just super pumped to have you on tonight. Man, it's too bad that they've literally deleted my main channel on YouTube because it had some really good stuff on there from the TV show I made here in Alaska that was pretty popular uh, back in 2011 through 2012. But uh, I do have one little backup channel that I put on there that has our documentary. Basically, uh, I took what we c- captured in the show and compressed it down to like an hour and a half documentary and that's up still so at least we got that that's cool are you like a like kind of like a local celebrity where you're at uh at the time i was but <laughs> you know right um it's it's been a long time since then and so right uh, it's rare now people will still sometimes come up to me like when i was at the fair it happens all the time people come up and they're like i know you from something where do i know you you know and it's <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah uh, so where in alaska are you I'm in Wasilla right now, just a short ways from Anchorage, where I was born, where okay. um, I went through uh, like custody battle with my parents, and my dad moved us to this haunted house in Anchorage when I was about eight. And, yeah, uh, so yeah, this is where it begins for young Reg, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That ghost was, it, it, I, I don't know what, well, see, I, this is where I kind of deduce that they like to scare people who are are afraid right if you're not afraid of the ghost or if you're indifferent to it then you know it won't really do much to you but like i i would find out that if i was ever home alone then sure as shit the, the ghost would come creeping up the stairs right and i'd be like ah son of a bitch <laughs> yeah. so tell me about like let's go into detail about that like like how old were you when this first started and what, what was like your first experience like I was about eight years old and and um that seems to be the ripe age for when ghosts like to right you're so you're sensitive yeah to it. yeah and so um yeah it was uh in this house that my dad the first house he got 
in Anchorage. And uh, it wasn't big enough for all of us, but he crammed us in there. And uh, me and my brothers, I mean, everybody, well, um, well, the first time it really happened was we were just sitting there watching TV like we did on the weekends, right? Everybody, same old thing. We're watching our shows. And um, we were all, uh, it was quiet for just a second. We could hear this creaking up the basement stairs and we all looked at each other like, what the fuck, right? And um, so we all went running over there <laughs> and uh, pulled the door open. And of course, nothing there, you know, and we're all like, Whoa, what? And so that was, it wasn't that big of a deal, but I mean, we all, all knew right away that. See, and the thing is like when I had experiences, I, I think, yeah, you listened to my first show. It was like, it always got me when I was alone, like the two times. And then the third time somebody else experienced it with me. Right. Right. So I think usually they like to scare you when like you're alone, you know? Oh yeah. No doubt about it. They, that's most predominant. I thought, I, I thought too, but occasionally they'll like, see all of us, we're all kids too. So, you know, that ghost was like, all right, I'm doing this or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. We were all freaked out because we thought somebody was in the house, you know, our parents were gone and, um, or my mom and my, or my dad and my stepmom, because my dad had a, had a new wife. Right. And that's pretty much how he won the custody battle because he had a, a more stable environment. We were kind of like in a low income housing until then, but see this first house wasn't even really the worst one. He moved us to another house and that freaking place is the most haunted house ever. I mean, creepy as shit. There's way more stories in that house than it was in the first one. But as so do you think, it, do you think it followed you or like I'm glad you brought that up. That was my first theory. I thought, you know, maybe this ghost is following us. And, um, I also thought, cause we had a, uh, I had a sibling who died as a baby, you know, that never made it. Uh, he was only a few weeks old when he died, but I, I, Shit. my own mind, I thought, you know what, is this our brother following with us? Right. And well, that's that, a natural explanation. Yeah. That, that theory got dropped when we moved to the boat and nothing followed us there, you know? And I was like, okay, that's, we were just in two separate haunted houses. But that, uh, that second house was insane. Okay. There was something about this that makes it even more interesting because okay um after we had lived there for a while and and we knew it was haunted as well um so one day there was some lady who came some crazy hippie lady parked in front of our house and, and for like days like it's always a crazy hippie lady <laughs> and and you know, this is like back in the 70s late 70s and shit too right so you know it was it was the hippie era <laughs> sure yeah but uh, anyway my, my old man was like what the hell so we finally called the cops right to to rustle this lady out she's parked in front of her house for days now right and um just sitting in there and um so the cops came and ran her off and then they came over and talked to my cop my, my dad who used to be a cop too you know in Fairbank and um they, they told him something and he came in and he told us all he's like okay the lady claims that there's a baby in here that her baby is in the, in that in our house right <laughs> and uh and, and the cop said that we know that it probably isn't, but you might want to look around just in case, right? Kind of thing. Just in, and we're like, so we have to search this fucking house for, you know, what could be a dead baby. And um, what the fuck? I know, right? Freaky as fuck. And so we're searching our house, which has all these weird cubby holes that we're discovering and shit, right? It's like, oh my God, this house is a nightmare. We found all kinds of weird shit in it, like fucking old syringes and different shit like that. And so we're, yeah, I mean, this was a great awakening force in, in its own right. But um, anyway, there was a, uh, there was a little skinny way going underneath the basement stairs 
behind the water heater that was mounted there that nobody could fit behind but we could see with a flashlight underneath the the base of the stairs there was like a little blanket or a bundle or something and we we're like fuck no right and I oh was, my god how like and how newly fresh into the house were you at the time we were only about I don't know, maybe five, six months into it or something out of the few Okay, so there, right? that's still quite a long time, though. Still, yeah, we were in there quite a while, and but it was still kind of fairly new, too, of course, right? And so, mm-hmm. especially because we hadn't searched the place like we had to for this damn baby. <laughs> and so, anyway, I was the only one small enough to fit behind the, in the, to go check this bundle, right? And fucking so my dad asked me, you know, you, can you go in there? And I'm like, I didn't want to wuss out in front of my brothers and shit, right? And so... I was like, okay, I'll go, right? And so I slipped in there, and I crawled down in there. What <laughs> did I tell you? I was freaked out. And uh, and I grabbed this blanket. Thank God there was no dead baby in it, right? But Oh, my God. I'm th- thank God, yeah. I was still freaked out. And so I came flying out of there because, I, you know, <laughs> I guess I had freaked out. And they said, you got the jitters, like, yeah. no, no, it was nothing. No, don't worry, we're good. And so there are like, a few. So there's only one last place to check, and this is the weird part. Um, we, we There was a little... Uh, the, uh, room in the basement that was still had dirt floor, right? Everything else was concrete. There was a mm. little off room right next to the, like there was a little bathroom down there and there was a place where the washer and dryer and we had a ping pong table, blah, blah, blah. But there's this little off little room that it was only about maybe six by eight or something like that. Just a tiny little, and, and we didn't pay any attention because there was this piece of plywood there on the floor, right? We didn't know that it was just dirt underneath it. But at that moment in time, searching the house, that's what we did. We walked over and we picked that fucking piece of plywood up and there was a hole going down oh in the God. earth. Right. And we looked down in there and it was like, what the fuck? Right. And so my old man tells my brothers and my older brothers to go up and grab the ladder. We had this ladder, right? Standard ladder from every gro- or hardware store, right? Standard ladder. We bring it in, we drop it down in the hole and we drop a drop light down there. And my dad tells my brothers to go down and see what's down there, right? <laughs> and so they drop down. <laughs> Get the kids who are scared shitless to go down and find a dead no, fucking baby. No, my older brothers weren't scared shitless. <laughs> I, I mean, they were older than me. I was a little kid. I was the only one that was, I mean, we we're all kind of freaked out by it. But I mean, I think they weren't that scared of, you know, I mean, they went down in the fucking hole. <laughs> and so right. Down they go. And they, my dad says, what do you see down there? And they're like, there's another hole leading down. And so he says, okay, take the ladder, ladder down and put it down that hole. And so that's what they did. But by now they're out of sight of us, right? <laughs> and so they get down the next level and we call down, what's down there, right? And they say, it's another hole. And so the old man says, now bring the ladder back up. Fuck this, right? And so they come back up and we close it back off. But still, I mean, I, I we theorized that, of course, that's the, killer the serial killer's den was down there there's probably dead bodies and shit down there in this pipe holy fucking fuck. yeah and so now we had to live in that house for another couple years before we finally moved right and so but many things happened between the the discovery of the hole and the, by the time we finally got to leave that fuck hole right that place was a wow tell me okay so tell me about the experiences there um you know how they always try to like hit you when you're alone. And so uh, one of the fucking worst ones I've seen or I had not worst ones, but this is leading up to it. Right. OK, so I came home from school and I came in and nobody was there, which is a rarity. Right. We're a big family. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to eat something. And so I started to make a 
a sandwich, like a peanut butter jelly sandwich or whatever. And the kitchen is situated right by the, the stairs to the basement, right? And there's a door going out. There's on the opposite side. There's a door going outside from the porch. And so, um, as soon as I started making that sandwich, right, the ghost starts creeping up the stairs, and the the third stair from the bottom and the second one from the top are the only ones that don't creak. I remember that detail distinctly. I'll never forget it. And so sure as shit, creak, creak, silent, creak, creak, creak. He's coming up, right? And I'm like, fuck. And I'm sitting there thinking, don't even, right? I'm making a sandwich. Just don't, right? But of course, the ghost keeps creeping up, you know, until silent and then creep at the top stair. And I'm like, okay, now go back down like you're supposed to. I'm trying to get my sandwich made. (laughs) I can make this thing as fast as I can. And, uh, Go back down to that hole within a hole. Right. And it's just quiet. <laughs> it's dead quiet, dead quiet. And finally, I look over at the basement fucking door and sure as shit, he, I mean, he must have been waiting for me to look, right? And it, it sure as shit, the door handle turns and the door opens. And that was it for me. I fucking screamed and ran out of the fucking house through the front door, you know? I would too. And, and that was that. <laughs> I, well, I ran out and I ran out and I was like, I all the way out in the street. And I'm like, I looked over and both the doors are still open. I'm like, well, I can't leave the house like that. So I crept up there and closed the door. Right. And fucking, then I went and took off and went to see one of my friends until somebody was home. Right. And of course. And so that was freaky for a little kid. I literally see a poltergeist action. Right? Did you tell your friend what happened? Oh, I was telling everybody, man. This place is in. <laughs> but, um, now, it, it, it built up from there. Uh, other people had other stories, too, about, you know, people that came and stayed there. But but the, the worst one for me was um, there was a, a time when I woke up early on Saturday morning and I went down to sit in front of the TV to watch the Saturday morning cartoons like we did as little kids, right? And so, you know, all Bugs Bunny and all that bullshit. I miss that. <laughs> But anyway, um, we had this giant pillow situated in front of our big TV, right? And and uh, I, when I turned on the TV, there was nothing on yet. It was still static, right? They hadn't broadcast day hadn't begun. This is back before all that shit, right? So I just turned the volume down and I was waiting and I was laying on the pillow. Everybody else in the house was asleep, and um, and then sure as shit, I hear the fucking stairs light up, creak, creak, and I'm like, fuck me, right? Here comes the cunt of a ghost, and uh. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to ignore this fucker. I'm not giving him any of my fucking fear or power. And so I just laid there, I was laying out on that pillow on my back with my head leading back towards the kitchen, which led to the basement stairs where he was creeping up, right? And so creep, 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 up he comes and stops at the top as like as usual. You, you used to be just creep down, but no, not today. And for sure shit, I hear the fucking door open and I'm like, fuck you, ghost. I'm not going to fucking be scared of you this time. Right. And I was, it's a battle of wills at this point. And, and I started hearing this strange noise and it, I have my eyes closed, right. Pretending like I'm asleep kind of. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can hear this strange noise. And we had one of those grout tile kitchen floors, like every fucking house used to have. And it sounded like something being dragged across it. Right. Thump, 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 right. And then I could hear as it got closer, I could hear like two hands hitting the fucking floor and then thump, 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 like, like a fucking, but somebody dragging themselves across the floor towards me. And I'm like, no, the fuck way, man. What is this bullshit? Right. And, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to fucking look. I'm not going to look. Right. And it kept getting closer and closer and closer. And I'm like, Oh shit. I'm starting to freak out. I got to look. Right. And, it, and we had this little metal strip from the kitchen to the carpeted floor in the living room, right. Where I'm just a few feet away from. 
And as soon as I heard it hit that thing, because it, it gives a distinct tink, right? Tink, he hit it. And I'm yeah. like, yes. I flew up off the pillow over to my hands and knees, looking straight back towards it, right? Expecting to see something. But of course, there's nothing, right? And I freaked out and I ran upstairs back to my bed and jumped in it. I, I'm shocked that nobody in the house woke up, right? And and I'm sitting in there cringing in my fucking bed and I can hear it thunk, 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 run back and run down the stairs. And I was like, motherfucker. Was it, was it quick? Oh, fuck. It was in, no, it was, it was, it seemed like forever, but I guess it probably wasn't a very close encounter. But I mean, for me, it was an eternity, right? And sure. Yeah. Once again, freaked out by it. But the final straw in that place for, for what happened to me there was shortly before we moved. Um, I mean, the, the, the poltergeist activity would come and go there, right? It was like in a wave. Sometimes there'd be a long time where nothing ever happened. And then all of a sudden a big fucking event like one time i think it, it i mean we've there was somebody who was staying in our house and they, they said they heard something and they came out and they found our big goldfish out of the fucking tank and thrown on the floor like and, and you know i hear how they say fish jump out of tanks sometimes but uh that never happened with us we had a guard over it right and there's no way they could have done that and but something had gotten that fucking fish out of the tank right holy so, crap yeah freaked everybody out and as a, these are all just kind of little things. Everybody has a story of that fucking house, right? And so the last thing that happened to me was, okay, it was, uh, uh, we were watching, uh, one, there was one thing that we used to do as a, like a family unit. Uh, we had Thursday night Kung Fu night, right? We all love Kung Fu. Remember the original series? Ah, uh, awesome. <laughs> Grasshopper. Yeah, so we'd sit in front of the TV and watch that on Thursday night and we'd all eat popcorn and blah, 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 right? And so, um, I, I I remember one night I had to run upstairs and use the bathroom right before it started. And so I was trying to rush back down to catch it. And uh, we had this little game we used to play as brothers. We could see how far you, okay, you reach down the staircase coming down from the upstairs and hit the wall on one side and the handrail on the other and try to jump as many stairs as you can, right? That was just a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah. little game we used to play, right? And so. Until um, so somebody breaks their fucking legs. <laughs> Uh, so I, I never was able to do, I mean, we're getting older and larger by then. Right. And yeah. brothers could fly the whole staircase. Right. <laughs> and so I was never able to do it. I could only get to the bottom few steps. Right. And so I thought, fuck, I'm running around and I'm feeling Kung Fu energy and I'm walking <clears> all the way to the bottom. Right. And so I reached the fuck down there and I'm like, I'm feeling good. This is going to be the day. And sure enough, I'm flying through the air and the, the most in, inexplicable thing that ever happened to me just happened right then for okay i fucking fall to the bottom of the staircase like i was paralyzed from the fucking top of my head down i'm not even kidding you as soon as i hit the bottom of that thing i crumpled like a little corpse and fucking i laid there at the bottom of the thing not being able to move and not being able to breathe All did right? you feel like like you completely lost control of your body or something I like i was made of concrete all right. Whoa. There was nothing. There was no like, fucking movement in my body whatsoever, but my mind. Completely, like completely petrified. Dude, even beyond that. Even wow. Beyond, this wasn't something like I was scared or nothing, man. I came to the realization that my body had been stopped and I was either dead or something else, but my mind was still working. Right. And um, I, I started to, of course, like anybody would do, I, I started to panic because I couldn't breathe. Right. And I'm sitting there going, what the fuck just happened? You know, and I'm, I, I remember we read the story in, in school about that time about a guy who was paralyzed 
and he put all of his fucking mental energy towards wiggling his toes so somebody would see his toes wiggle and they'd know he was alive and wouldn't pull the plug on him, you know, right? Like, that, like Kill Bill, wiggle your big toe. Popped <laughs> into my mind, right? Yeah. So, uh, that's what I tried to do. I tried to move uh, my that, t- that ties in with Kung Fu as well because of David Carradine was in that shit. <laughs> Hilarious, isn't it? Uh, I was, I tried to put all my energy into kicking my foot on the wall because everybody was just around the corner from me, right? All sitting in the living room, but they couldn't see me. They couldn't know what would happen. Fuck big loud clunks happened all the time here, right? A big family, nobody investigating or anything like that. So I was trying to get their attention and kick the wall or something like, come around, save me. I'm dying over here, right? And uh, I fucking couldn't move, of course, for the first so many seconds, right? And I kept concentrating, 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 kicking on my foot, kick it, kick it, kick it. And finally, it's like the paralysis just immediately left. And I fucking started kicking the fucking wall, like with my foot. I came to kicking the foot. Like I came out of a fucking being unconscious, right? Right. And as soon as I was kicking the wall, I stopped and I sat up and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? sitting here at the bottom of the stairs and I got up and I walked around and sat on the pillow and watched Kung Fu with everybody. And the fucking thought was literally gone from my mind. Everything that just happened in the last few seconds had been erased. I didn't even remember it until many, many years later. And the the memory flooded back into my mind when I was like high on fucking acid and cocaine or something like, right. Holy shit. I remember I can remember distinctly when this thing poured into my mind, I was sitting there having a conversation with my brother and I just kind of faded out and, and he was sitting there. And when I came back to, he looked at me and he goes, what the fuck's the matter with you, man? I go, what? He goes, you just went blank for a minute. And I'm like, no way. And, Cause I was sitting there thinking, and I thought immediately, yes way. Cause I just had this weird memory flash. Right. So maybe I did blank out. And so I was just like, I kind of blew it, blew it off. I'm like, bullshit. Right. And he's like, no, no bullshit. What's wrong with you. And so finally I told him what happened and he fucking, he, he himself got this weird look on his face, like like maybe he remembered it too, hearing this clunking noise, right? I don't know. But it was a trippy moment. And that was the weirdest thing that happened to me in the house. Thank God we moved from there before that fucker could possess me fully or whatever the fuck it was trying to do. That's what it feels like to me. Like, that's what it sounds like to me is like, it like stopped time or something and like took control of you and was probably trying to fucking access your body, right? Well, my final thought on it was, yes, he was trying to do that, but failed miserably. And we were both going to die if he didn't fucking get out. And he realized that and bounced out of me. And I came back to with no memory of it. That's kind of the thing that I thought Uh, he tried to take over, but couldn't because my body refused to respond to him. That's pretty freaky shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah, no shit, right? But luckily... since since that time, I've learned how to align myself spiritually with the one true creator. And nature is the biggest thing. And uh, now I have no, they, they, there's no way they can even a- approach me now because I've got that protection and it's absolute. And so uh, that was, it took me years to learn how to do that, but I could explain it as well. Yes, please. I was just going to ask you to. Well, it's, it, it was a long journey on this path, right? And one of the things I started doing immediately was going out into nature as mo- often as possible. And that was instinctually the correct thing to do. But then along the path, I started to, for some unknown reason, 
I started to, before I went out for a hike or as I was doing a hike or as I was doing something out in nature, and I, I used to hike up these stairs. And as soon as I got to the top of the stairs at the top of the woods, I would just bow to the four directions, starting with the north, you bow, and then you go east, south, west, and then you're done. And, and you've shown your respect. And what I learned years later. To the creator. <laughs> absolutely. What yeah. I what I learned years later is that how you respect the creator is through his four directions, his four angels, which are his his working hands on earth. He can't do anything directly on earth, so he works through these these angels. Mm-hmm. So the four directions, of course, are very prominent in Native American mythology as well. And um, yeah, they're they're the four cardinal angels, four directions. Um, I got a list of what their functions are around here. Shit should be an eyesight somewhere but basically uh the the the, uh angel to the north is angel of the earth in the physical realm all that angels to the east is angel of the air the wind and that that goes with all like um non-physical things uh angel to the south angel of the fire and the only one with the female um name ariel but that's angel of the sun as well. And then angel of the east is angel of the water, your four elements. And so those are the cardinal ones of the earth. It's also angels above and below, the angel of the ether and the angel of the darkness. And then the final direction is the most sacred direction, which is right here. And you yourself are the angel of that direction. Crazy shit, right? Yeah, I like that. I mean, uh, it just that just goes into my whole the whole star seed thing where we are a fractal of God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like everybody is God in a sense because we are all part of God. Like you, you, nobody can come at me now and say, "Oh, the idea that we are gods is a satanic idea," and it's like, no. If I am all about love and spreading love and joy to others. Does that not mean I'm part of a loving creator? <laughs> Absolutely. We're all part of the creation. Yeah. Yep. And so you can you can go higher or lower in it. Uh, raise your vibration exactly. or lower, right? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. You could be a fucking the most disgusting person on the planet and be part of the satanic vibration, or you can raise your vibration and be part of the loving God who created the whole fucking universe. Absolutely. Or, or multiverse for that matter. Uh, absolutely. Um, it's not the multiverse like they do in Marvel movies, but. No. <laughs> but the levels above and levels below sure as shit exist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would even, I'd even be willing to say that this realm that we're living in is a form of hell. It, it's, and we're it's, trying to get out of that. We're trying to. Be. <laughs> it's gotta be. Because yeah. we'll control, right? Exactly. And even now trying to fucking, I mean, the whole uh, official story of everything is a fraud, as we know. And um, as I mean, as they lie to me every day, it's an insult to me. It's like kicking me in the nuts. I'm like, fuck you. Don't lie to me. I'm smarter than this. Right. Yeah. But I can share with you one other little natural trick that'll give you alignment and power above any of these scrawny little spirits that try to scare you. Please. Because you're you you yourself need to realize that you're infinitely more powerful than these entities, whatever they are, 
I mean, I'm not yep. going to say I know what they are, but I know that they're there, but I'm not going to try to say I know what they are. Nobody will ever be able to say that. But um, there's another little trick is what you do is you go out. There's another thing you do out in nature. And if you, um, you, you make an ally of the forest and by how, do, how you do that is to, and I did this instinctually once. I didn't even know why I was doing it, but it, it ha- I figured it out later. But what you do is you go to, like, I, I have a place where I sit down by the creek under one of my favorite trees, right? And I just had this impulse. One day I sat up and I just grabbed the tree and I, I reached out and I bit off a little chunk of its bark and ingested it. And what, oh. that, right, what happens is you take in part of the tree and so therefore it becomes part of you, right? And so because your cells in your body are constantly replacing themselves with what you ingest. And so you bite a little piece of that tree. And I literally thought, and I said to the tree, now you're part of me. You can come with me on my travels and be with me. And then part of me, I will always be here with you. Right. And that's how I allied myself to the tree. So I do that at least a couple of times a year. I'll go out and chew off a piece of bark. And usually it's more like about once a month and just a tiny little piece, not a chunk. It's, not a it's like you're creating a covenant with nature. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that right there. And, and I learned later too, through reading like different things like um, the books by Castaneda and whatnot. And, and, and that's one of the things that his shaman told him. He's like, if you want to perform any type of magic on this earth, you need to ally yourself with the trees. Otherwise it's going to go bad. <laughs> and I, you know, as far as my research goes, just my heart beating is, is, is natural magic. And so that's what we all are. We're all magicians on some level or other depends on where you want to go with it. <laughs> I like that. And where are you in terms of like uh, the Holy Bible? What do you think about that shit? Okay, I grew up in a Christian school where they made us read that shit, right? We had to, I actually didn't grow up on it. I should reiterate that. I spent a few years in a Christmas school or a Christian school. Um, there was a time in, in, in my young life when my dad, he used to take us and bounce south in the winter. And then one year he was like, I can't afford to do that. Go stay with your mom, right? And he sent us to go stay with my mom. And my mom was like fully full on Christian by then because after she lost the custody battle, she just denounced everything and turned Christian, right? And pretty much saved her because uh, she never drank again after that or anything like that. And she be- she actually became a really good parent after that. But even still, she had the shortcoming of fucking sending us to that damn Christian school. But you know what? It was a blessing in disguise because that school was, I learned everything I needed to know to pass all all of it right in those two years i was in the christian school and um but it's like it, sunday school kind of thing or just we like actual no we were literally in it like oh, a okay. high school right you go there every yeah. day and and we worked on a pace system and shit like that where you you took an entrance exam and they put you at whatever level you're at and little did i know when i took that entrance exam fuck i didn't know that i was i, I didn't I, i'm not trying to brag or anything but i was on levels well above most of the kids in that fucking school and I was only in seventh grade. Right. And I was like, fuck, had I known better, I wouldn't have done so good on that test. So I wouldn't have all this hard work to do. Right. But, <laughs> oh dude, it was a nightmare, but actually I learned it. And like I said, I learned everything I needed to know to pass high school. And in, in my junior high years, high school was a breeze for me after that. Uh, Cause high school is fucking the reeducation center. But the thing was that they made us study the Bible and shit like that. And sure shit, we did that. And I started to realize that there was a little more to it. And, and uh, this is one of the things that got me when I got booted off the Sam Tripoli show, right? I, I know I realized that the, the Bible is the most edited book 
on Earth. Wait, you got booted off there? We'll get back to I that. I booted off, but he cut, That's... he cut it early and they cut my mic down to half level. I don't know. If oh, shit. That. I don't know if you watched that bit with me and Sam. Uh, I did, but I don't remember. I don't remember that. Well, as soon as after I mes- mentioned the Jew World Order. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. And I told him, I said, okay, you remember what I was talking about right then? I said, okay, the, the one of the main themes of the Bible is that the Jews are the chosen people, right? Can you agree with me on that? Absolutely. Okay, so that makes the, the God of that Bible a racist because why would he like one race over the other and then and then you go to the talmud and then and then you hear the you hear the rabbis you hear the rabbis speak on it and say oh yeah everybody except for jews are uh they're what are they called uh what's the word the goyim the goyim yeah filthy goyim right so we're supposed to be their slaves in the end right but the bigger point is, is that the, the, the Bible also says that you have to pay these fuckers, right? And, and the one thing I realized right away is that God lives in a spiritual plane. He does not need money. What the fuck does he need money for? So I started to question this Bible early on, right? And then not only that, but they you have stories. Call the, even called the Bible, like B-U-Y-B-U-L-L. <laughs> well, good in there, but uh, I'm just saying I started dis- discounted in my own theory right away. Of course, I didn't tell anybody this, uh, not as a kid in high school or in school. You can't tell them these fucking thoughts you're having. You got to just sit there and pass their tests. And I realized that early on with school, too. I didn't agree with hardly anything they were saying. All I had to do was memorize it so that way I could fucking give them the proper test and get. That's exactly, exactly what it is, man. It's total indoctrination, man. Dude, the first asshole. I didn't want to fucking. I didn't want to learn anything they were teaching. The first asshole who tried to stand up in class and, and talk about the Big Bang Theory, I literally laughed in his fucking face. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> and, and he turns, he swings around from the, looks at me, he's like, what? Looking at me like, what the fuck? I go, tell me the truth. Did the people who make stuff up, were they just too lazy that day and decided to go with the stupidest thing they could come up with? Right. And, and he, you know, the Big Bang Theory, gee, nothing decided to become everything for the fuck of it. That is the most retarded thing I've ever heard. Don't insult me, right? And 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 the dude just whirled around and kept teaching on the blackboard. And I looked around at the class, and everybody fucking put their heads down and their blinders back on. And I thought this fucking place is retarded. Right? Yeah, dude. Oh, Isn't yeah. it funny how like people people always make fun of like conspiracy theorists and shit? Yet that's all they learned in fucking high school was theories. <laughs> Great point. Excellent. I mean. These people don't even think. I, I, I bowed out of humanity years ago. They're just too stupid for me. Theory of gravity. Theory of the Big Bang Theory. Fucking uh, all that shit, dude. Everything's a fucking theory. But we're fucking meant to uh, hold on to that and make it fact, right? Well, they, they want you to think that. But I, like I said, all I did was pull the wool over my teacher's eyes and make them think that I understood what they were talking about. And in the meantime, in, in my inner monologue, I was just fucking making fun of their dumb cunts, right? They're so stupid. But I, I, I rolled through high school, but if we want to connect back to my later years into the paranormal, I got a few stories I can relate on that. Yeah, anywhere you want to go, man, let's go. Um, Take me on a journey. The crazy part though is like at first i thought it was a coincidence and then of course realizing later (laughs) no such thing but no such thing no such thing 
but I, I lived in a catch can for a while for like multiple years pretty much work in the tourist market down there because I'm an artist and my uh my Alaska native art, artwork sells pretty good but anyway um I was down there and um I hooked up with this girl Cynthia her and I were together for about five years and we started our relationship we moved in this apartment I know bad move right <laughs> but we move into this apartment where the guy had just died in there just of like scant couple months before we moved in right oh right dear there. yeah there was still like those fruit flies and shit in there right <laughs> all right we didn't know any of this they don't fucking open with hey dude just croaked in here it's probably haunted right they never do that yeah they'll and they'll never say it's haunted either <laughs> like uh, i mean that's not the selling point right? oh by the way this is this was built on an indian burial ground you in yeah, <laughs> we we roll in there and um Cynthia's dog Max he started to bark at shit right, and we're like what the fuck shut up right and he'd be like looking in the corner rawr, rawr, right and we're like whatever you know at first and, and <laughs> yeah you know, yeah Max right away right away I'd be like uh fuck this shit <laughs> right. But he was a good dog, and he would come away from the barking, right? And so um, I was going out on a fishing trip, and, and Cynthia's like, going to take a picture. I'm like, what? What? What for? I'll be right back. And she's like, anyway, I want to. And I'm like, okay. So I just kind of get put on this hammy look, right? <laughs> Big smile. She took a picture of me. And then there was this fucking orb in it, right? Right behind me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I didn't even know it until I got back from the fishing trip, right? And she goes, hey, remember I took that picture of you before you left? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, here, look at it. And here's this orb. And I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, right? And so... Um, people people like to dismiss orbs and pictures as like dust particles or something. Right. I, I, after I did research later, I found out how to disprove that as well. But but here's how the story goes. Um, Cynthia was... Uh, she was into all those ghost hunting shows on TV, right? Like ghost hunters and all that shit, right? These fucking ghost hunters. Ghost hunters. <laughs> That's why I started calling them because naturally she watched all these things. And and as we started to, uh, we're in a haunted house too. And 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 uh, anyway, she ordered a fucking ghost hunting kit off the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right from Ghost Stop. Right. Have you ever seen these? I haven't, but I can only imagine. No, bro. It was, it was it come with a fucking PKE meter from like Ghostbusters. <laughs> okay, this is what it came with. It, it had a it had a, a digital recorder, right? Voice recorder. It had a, a an EMF meter, right? Uh, so you're kind of close. <laughs> it had a it had a full spectrum camera. It was a little digital camera that had been altered to take in more than just normal spectrum of light, which a lot of all the commercial cameras, except for the early Sony's, all had. Um, filters to block out the infrared right because they're sure and those early sony's are the only ones to get i mean that's one of the things that cynthia did have too that i she was like yeah i got a camera and i pulled it out and looked at it and it's the sony infrared camera and i'm like what the fuck right and so added that to the little kit and um and then there was how much, how much did this cost by the way oh um i think she spent like somewhere around six or seven hundred bucks on this thing right because it came fuck me. right right this little pro case it came in it was a really nice little kit and, uh, I, think I'll buy, had, I think I'll buy a PS5 instead. <laughs> no, it had a spirit box in there. Oh, shit. Yes. Right. And so it had a, a spirit box, 
the camera, the recorder, the lights, but right. It wasn't a bad little kit. Right. And so when it showed up, we got it and she was all excited and fucking we broke it out and shit like that. <laughs> and uh as soon as we started ca- capturing some weird shit that's kind of invoked the spirit or the the um well it kind of woke up the filmmaker in me because i used to make a, a alaskan tv show about just about alaska you know but i hadn't done that since i left anchorage and and then i thought shit this is a new show we could do right and so i started putting that in mind or at least it's going to be a documentary right because we started capturing weird shit and and that's what our show paranormal alaska was about it wasn't about oh i think i saw a ghost like those re- retard ghost hunters say right no i literally show you the weird shit that happened and you make up your own mind i don't try to make any conclusions for you here's the yeah. way look at it and see what you think right that's that yeah. was in difference from uh paranormal alaska our show and every other fucking thing out there and so um, as the anomalies stacked up, uh, we started to get more and more. In- I mean, I got more and more into it, and I actually took it to way further a level than I probably I lost you. Well, yeah, you cut out there. As, yeah, the show, yeah. well, as the show picked up, that's where you last left off. Well, okay. I'll explain why. Okay, when I first went into this whole thing, I didn't think that the, the ghost could affect us physically on this plane. But now I pretty much have the hard evidence that proves that wrong. So we took a gigantic step back. I don't like this. Right. This is what happened. <laughs> Hollywood refused the show. And, and it's because it's because, uh, OK, when you go to a scary movie, you want to be scared for just a second. And then afterwards, you're OK. I'm OK now. Right. What we accomplished would freak you out for the rest of your life. And that's not what people want to be right and so i didn't realize this at the time i thought fuck this is gonna be life-changing for everybody right no they figured out they didn't want to hear it and they fucking hollywood when i sent the thing to my hollywood connection they looked at it and they all said fuck no (laughs) jesus man like so that's the thing it's like they want to suppress it they want to have it at a certain level if you go beyond that level then you're 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 down a few rungs of the ladder right but I'll explain what happened too, as well, because this is what what went down. Okay, um, if you watch the the series of the show or the documentary, you'll see it. And so I t- I I did the documentary basically like like a, a a movie. It plays it just plays out our story, Cynthia and I's story from day one to the end of it, right? And um, see what happened during it is that we were at this one spot, a uh, bar where I pulled out what I call the circle. This is the thing I made for a prop. It's, the, it's a six-pointed star painted on a six-foot diameter tablecloth, <laughs> a black tablecloth, right? Is this for protection? I, I, bro, I made this for a fucking movie. Uh, oh. A, as a prop. Okay. Right? okay. Because, because in the movie script, I was like, okay, I'm going to make this. I, okay, the movie script, this is where art imitates life and life imitates art. Um. I was I was trying to make a short or I was trying to make a feature length movie for absolutely no budget. This was the challenge that I put to myself: make a feature length movie for for nothing, no budget at all, because I couldn't like like Blair Witch. <laughs> right, right. But that also had a ten thousand dollar budget. I'm talking about for nothing. So I I wrote this script about a, a a guy who sees ghosts and hangs out with this uh, ghost at a bar and they're friends, right? And and um, in the meantime, the, the cops find a body sitting in a circle 
a sacrifice, what they thought was a sacrificial circle, and they can't figure out if it's a homicide or suicide. And so the detective on the case coerces this drunk ass, the guy who sees the ghost, right? The the paranormal dude, even though he doesn't, uh, even the paranormal, he, he coerces him to go try to figure out what happened to this dude. And that's the, the plot of the movie. And so uh, I, I made this whole back, I, I, I used my, my apartment, the back room, and I made this crazy set out of it. And I used the haunted bar I worked at as the other set. So I had two sets already. And then I used a bunch of actors that I knew from different plays that I've been in and, and they work for me for free. Right. That's cool. <laughs> right. And so I was able to make this movie for a, about a hundred dollar budget. All it, all it cost me, I, I had borrowed cameras and a computer somebody gave me. And so it all, all it really cost me was the, the videotape. Right? And everybody else was willing to just jump in for the hell of it. Fuck yeah. It was awesome, bro. It's and, awesome. And I made this movie. And even though the sound sucks on it, it's still a pretty cool movie. And we captured a bunch of strange paranormal shit in it. Little did I know as we were filming it because I wasn't even, uh, my eyes weren't trained to it. Long story short, anyway, uh, that prop from the movie, when it was in the back room, we would capture weird shit. So I'd always keep it out. And um, uh, this was after we, we started, after we made that movie and started going on the paranormal thing. See, in one of the final scenes of the movie, I literally saw an orb floating by finally the first time. And so I went to Cynthia. I was like, holy shit, we've, we've got orbs here, you know. And that was about the time that ghost kid arrived and everything. It was all coincidental, right? And uh, and then we went down the path of the whole paranormal television show and kind of lost uh, interest in that movie. I, 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 I finished it, but it was like put on the back shelf because we had more exciting things to do now. Oh, and, wait, uh, you're cutting out. Hold on, hold on. Okay, oh, try yeah, you're good? Out. Yeah, you're skipping out. What? Okay, you're good now. You're good. Am I good? Everything's yeah. good. Are you sure? Yep, you're good. Oh, uh, no, no cutting off. <laughs> no, I was in a live stream the other day. And we had a blackout here, and fuck, I couldn't oh, turn shit. the live stream off. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. But yeah, um, anyway, we moved on through through the show, and what happened at this bar is we, we had that circle out, and there was a couple other friends with us doing the investigation, and nobody else liked that circle, especially the bar owner. She kept trying to put it away. She thought it was the, a pentagram. And I'm like, can you count? This six <laughs> you dumb cunt, right? And it was a, it, it's like a, a Jew star, right? The star tetrahedron, the six-pointed Jew star. Yep. <laughs> and I did that on purpose because I didn't want anybody to say, you're certain you made a pentagram. I'm like, no, no, no. See, it's it's the Jew star, right? It's and the star so, of David, they say. Little did I know that what turns out to be part of a dimensional portal. Did you yeah, as a box below, yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, the, the circle was out and I was setting up the camera and um, our two friends, Jake and, and, and the girl, Rose, go walk in to back. I go, you guys come over here so we can film over here. I'm setting the camera and we're going to sit around the circle and film. In my mind, I wanted to see some anomalies, you know. And so uh, they come walking into frame and I didn't even notice this until after. Of course, you don't you don't see these things happen at in live time most of the time. Sure. You see it on the playback later and you're like, what the fuck? And that's what, that was the creepiest part about the whole thing for me, right? Most of the investigations were kind of boring, to tell you the truth, right? And I right. told Sam Tripoli too, and he's like, what the fuck? Right? And I'm like, no, they really are. But the creepiest part is watching the playback where you hear the disembodied voices or you see the weird anomalies fly through the screen. And so that's after, what, after the fact. After the fact. There you go. Yeah. Always. 
Yep, but it, even still, it's creepy. There's times when I fucking literally jumped up from a computer and jumped back and went, what the fuck, right? <sighs> and so, and this was one of those times. Um, anyway, uh, you can see it on the documentary, but these guys walk up and Jake, you can see him, he walks up and then he walks around the circle. He didn't want to step through it, right? <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to step through it, even though I'd sat in there and and for most of the, it, whatever, anyway. anyway he, he, he didn't want to go to Jew hell. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Which uh, I think they called Gehenna. If I'm not sure. <laughs> but it was so funny because you see him. He's like, he walks up and he's like, oh, and he he takes an abrupt turn around it. Right. That's funny. That's yeah, something yeah, like, I probably do actually. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm not even kidding you. He was almost on the verge of it, and you could see him tiptoeing around it like he was on the edge of a fucking swimming pool, ready to fall in. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to that void. Fuck that shit. No, no, it was like almost like that. He was like, oh, oh, oh. And he, and, I mean, he, not the whole way, but he tipped around it like, fuck, he didn't even want to get near to the edge, right? That's hilarious. Yeah. And, and so his friend Rose, she was walking, she was an innocent person, right? And and I realized this later, but she, she was walking right behind him and she had like the voice recorder in her hand and she was kind of looking at it. And she realized that she had just stepped into the middle of that circle, right? And fucking all of a sudden she was like, oh, and she jumped back real quick out of it. And right then, this fucking anomaly cuts right through the screen. And it wasn't an orb, bro. I mean, because uh, by the, then I was kind of like, okay, orbs are commonplace. This thing was, it looked like a, a blade. It had a blunt end. Uh, the front end was sharp and the back end was just cut off square, right? And it, it, it looked like, that's why I coined it, the light blade, right? And this thing shot through the screen right where that girl was at just a moment before. She jumped out of the circle and all of a sudden, boom, it shoots to the screen right where she was. And then right before it leaves frame, it kind of like, it stops immediately. Like it hits a wall, but in more, more, uh, it, it more looked like it, it came to the end of its tether. Right? That's <laughs> crazy. Dang. And then all of a sudden it flutters a little bit being pulled backwards, like, and, and, and it fluttered a little bit and then it spun around and went back out the the way it came in point first and disappeared before it left frame. And this is only so many frames that I captured of this thing on it, right? But you can see it distinctively, right? And I studied this shit. I mean, that's the one thing different about me and all those dumb cunts on TV is that I shot all my video myself and I have, I still have it. I can still look at it and I studied all of it to this date, right? And this is how I came up with multiple. And you go like slow motion and everything back and forth, back and forth, I imagine. I, oh, yeah. I sat there and looked at this thing over and over again, right? And, and I finally seen how it moved. It moved. Okay. And, and this was the theory behind it. Okay. Have you ever heard uh, that, that if you think bad thoughts about people, it's like a little dagger that comes from your heart and shoots out, then strikes theirs? Sure. That's kind of biblical, actually. It's totally biblical, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but not only that, the catch is, is that that dagger has a little string attached to it and it comes back and strikes you in your own heart. Right. Don't think bad thoughts about people. That's the little lesson, right? And yeah. This fucking light blade was the spiritual embodiment of that. I was like, dear God, no. Right. And so um, I couldn't wait to see those guys later. And ask that girl Rose if she had a bad feeling when she entered the circle, or if it was just she just jumped out of just because of coincidence, or just because Jake didn't walk through it, right? And so that's what I did, and I asked her that. I was hoping she would say she got a bad feeling, but she said no. I just jumped out because Jake didn't go, and I was like, damn it, right? 
but even still, I, I deduce that she must have been uh, an innocent and didn't want to be assaulted from the other side. And yeah, so- but the fact that the fact that Jake didn't that Jake tiptoed around it, where did he get that from? Right. I asked so, him that too, and he also said he just didn't want to step in the circle. Yeah, yeah but he got that from something. Yeah, he said, uh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. But anyway, see, the the big, the larger uh, point on this is that we captured that light blade one more time during our whole, um, however many, however long we did this paranormal thing, right? It was only about, it was less than a year, and um, and and I figured it out. Okay, so. Cynthia, that very night that, that Rose jumped out of the circle and those guys, what? She ended up getting scratches on her back. You've heard about these, right? Yes, of course. Right. These are those scratches that show up and then disappear within a matter of hours. And that's not normal. <laughs> yeah. Right. You get a scratch. It's on you for a while. And um, the weird part was, is that uh, she got these scratches on her back. She was sitting there where this is also in the documentary, right? We're still in the same bar later in that same investigation. I'm literally sitting in the circle. I moved it because the bar lady kept putting it away, right? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm putting it back out, right? And um, the, the bar owner anyway. And so I was sitting there in the circle myself, and I'm sitting there talking to the spirit. And we were actually getting some pretty trippy answers out of the spirit box. And all of a sudden, Cynthia looks at me, and she goes, she goes, babe, my back hurts. And I'm like, what? And she goes, yeah, it's burning. And I thought, let me look at it. And I freaking came over and looked at it. And sure shit, there's some scratches on it, right? Jesus. You know? Yeah, yeah. After I looked at all the video playback, she was sitting there. Um, I, I saw her before this happened. She was walking around, wandering around with like the EMF meter on, on in frame. And she kept reacting like something was behind her, right? And, and literally, she'd spin around and look and there'd be nothing. And she was like, huh. And then the next one, she was like, huh. And she literally looks at her arm like, what the hell? And I was like, what are you doing here? And she goes, well, it felt like there were spider webs falling on me. And I was like, what the fuck, right? And so shortly thereafter, she ended up with those scratches on her back. And so weird shit was happening to her at the time. And um, anyway, those scratches came and faded. They faded out. She was almost so freaked out. She almost left the whole place, right? And I, I was, I, I kind of used a, 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 a trick. I, I kind of tried to make light of it to keep her there, right? Like, like don't think into it too much. I was trying to say, oh, it's nothing, right? Kept saying that, it's right? Cool, right? And um, and like, and- like any stupid motherfucker in a horror movie would do. <laughs> <laughs> but no, look, I, 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 I <clears throat> her. She was brave enough to stay there, mm-hmm. and even after being physically assaulted like that. That's insane. And um, anyway, uh. I figured out why she was an open target to them later because she had asked me, uh, she said, Hey, I want to go and find my grandfather's grave. And I'm like, okay. uh, But why don't you already know where it's at? And she's like, like, right out of the blue. Well, this is after we, we had uh, established ourselves as like being, uh, I don't know, a paranormal um, I don't research know. couple right. right ghostbuster couple <laughs> yeah. we're the ghostbusters right yeah. so um anyway this is why she wanted me to uh go with her okay little did i know until she admitted this to me she said that her uh and she admits this all in the documentary that's why i don't mind talking about it 
she told me that her grandfather used to abuse her as a child. Um, her grandfather. Her grandfather. He sexually abused her. God and, damn. Right. And I didn't know this, right? And and I was like, what the fuck, right? And she said that she wanted Red flag. To... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. See, it's not you know daddy, it's not daddy issues this time, it's granddaddy issues. <laughs> hey, I live in Alaska. Everybody's got a fucking story, right? I've sure. realized that. I'm not even kidding you. I've never met a girl who doesn't have a fucking rape story. All right. I've I've never met I must be one of the only few fucking guys who hasn't been raped either, right? And so anyway, that being said, yes, she said that uh this had happened to her as a youngster and she wanted to go and confront her grandfather in the grave because she wanted answers. See what I'm getting at? Yeah. So I said, Okay, we'll do it, but I have to film it, otherwise we're not gonna know what happened. And so she agreed. And so we go up, found this fucking bastard's grave. And I set up a couple of cameras and she started going, baby. And you could see that she was firing brimstone, this piano right. around on her back for forever. And it was so emotional that I cried while filming it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it was insane. And I couldn't even bring myself to watch it for a while. And but I knew I had to because that was our thing, what we were doing, right? So finally it was, I don't know, it was about a week later even. But the funny thing about it was, is that the very next morning, Cynthia woke up and she was like, we woke up and she was going to work and um, she hobbled, she hobbled out of bed. And she's like, oh my God, my knee. And I was like, what? And she's like, I go, did you bang it or something? She's like, no, I didn't. And she literally put a knee brace on and went to work, you know, and I didn't think anything of it. But when I finally did watch the video, we had captured the light blade for the second time. And that fucking thing flew up from the guy's grave as she was crouched down next to it. And it hit her in the knee, but it was on a trajectory to try to hit her in the heart. If she hadn't been crouched down like that, I mean, I don't know what happened, but luckily it got absorbed by her knee and that the knee took the injury, the physical injury from the spiritual entity. Son of a bitch. Right. And I think if it would have hit her on target and hit her in the heart, she may have suffered from a heart attack and died. And so right. back from that shit, I said, look, we're not doing this anymore. All right. This is the end of it. And the reason why she was a spiritual open target is because she was a sexual abuse victim. She denounced God because where was he when she needed him most? Sure. But she believed in Satan because sure as shit, she's seen him face to face. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I figured out. And I told her, I said, look, we're never going to do this again unless you can realign yourself with the creator or with nature or with something. But you need an ally. So that's that story. And you guys are no longer together. No longer together, but we spent some more time together after that, a couple of years, really. As a matter of fact, she did realign herself with the creator. And oh, we, okay. That's good. Yeah, we ended up doing a few more bits. And... um that leads to another real freaky story, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is part of the documentary as well. Because, see, after Cynthia was, she's smart, too. She realized that, I mean, when I showed her the video evidence of what happened to her knee, right? Because we couldn't figure out what happened to it, right? And I said, look, the light blade hit you right there. And she was like, we're all like, okay, yeah, 
this is too much, uh-huh. right? And so here we had the hard evidence that yes, they can assault you from the other side, but will anybody believe it? That's the thing, right? It's like people don't want to believe. I mean, I'm sure you heard of my first episode where it was like when I had my third uh, encounter and my sister-in-law heard it with me. Um, yeah. Because my only encounters were disembodied voices, okay? Yeah. <clears throat> and it was the same voice every fucking time. And the third time, my sister-in-law heard it with me and she freaked out. We went outside and waited for everybody else. I remember that. Back. I remember you talking about that. What do you say? Yeah. Thank you? Yeah. <laughs> said, thank you. Like a deep yeah. voice in the living room. She grabbed me by the hand really tight and said, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's wait for everybody else to get home, right? Wow. And so we sat on the porch until everybody else got back home and we were freaked out. We didn't know what to fucking think, right? For me, it was like validating my past experiences. And then years later, when Facebook came out, I contacted her and I reminded her of that. She's like, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, dude, it's it, it, funny you should mention that because I had a, a weird encounter in the woods with a friend of mine and years later he said, what? We never did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People just don't want to open themselves up to the spiritual side of the things, right? Like the actual reality. For sure. They, 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 they don't want to um, uh, give it any of their thought because then they'd have to do something about it, right? And exactly. Just ignore it. Yep. Yeah. They'd have to change their life or something, right? Like it, it got to the point for me later on in life, like when I was about like, ah, uh, geez, like my early thirties where I was like, there's no denying it anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I got there's, to that that's too. That's it. Yeah. See, there's only a, a small percentage of us that think like this, that want to even quest for knowledge. Right. Most everybody's just a fucking NPC in the matrix. Exactly. Yep. I'm coming more and more to that realization, bro. <laughs> Yeah, and I have very few friends in my actual circle. Well, I lost <clears> them <throat> when I started truthing, right? Right, right. But I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> them stuck with me, though, because they they embarked on the journey as well. Well, the, some of them are finally starting to wake up because of how everything is so fucking retarded now. I mean, yeah. you, think, you think that Joe Biden won? Fuck you. Right. Right? I mean, that was the biggest you fraud still ever. think... You still think COVID is real? <laughs> Another good one. Dude, I call it bl- the baloney virus. I called it that from day one. It's fucking Dude, full me, and, me and a couple guys I work with, I put, I fucking pushing carts in a parking lot, right? For uh-huh. work. Make pretty good money doing it too. But there's a couple guys that I worked with. And when, when this whole thing fucking started, we were, we were all, all three of us were like, this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. I mean, at, at least you had a couple people with you on your side, man. I was the only Yeah. Guy. Yeah. I was very blessed to go through it with people with open eyes. Hey, lucky for me. See what happened? It was, I was, I was down in LA when it fucking popped off. This is right after I did the Tripoli show. And, and uh, the, the larger story on that was, was that I was down there to try to sell my show to the comedy store. Right. And yeah. Uh, because yeah. you're a comedian as well. Yeah, yeah, I know. Go figure, right? Let's get into that later too. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But um, see, 
before I went down to LA and I was doing my research on, um, I mean, I used to listen to Sam Tripoli's tinfoil hat. Right. And, and so this is why I was like, fuck, I gotta go down there. I gotta meet this guy and go on a show and blow their minds. Right. <laughs> Which I, I kind of did. And, and I thought we were going to fucking be friends and he was going to give me stage time and blah, blah, blah. None of that shit happened after the, Until the day word came out. <laughs> I don't know if it mentioned the Jew world order probably would all happen. Right. Right. But I fucked up there. That was my dumbass. I couldn't. You anti-Semitic motherfucker. I know, right? I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm anti-Jew. Right. Yeah, anti-Jew government. I'm anti-foreskin chewing Jew, right? <laughs> hey, uh, Rabbi, can you cauterize my son's wound? Yeah, sweetly. Bless it with your herpes <laughs> in your mouth. You fuck. Which is how they figured it out, right? Yeah. But anyways, uh, getting off that. <laughs> Ignorant. That's why yes. I was at, the main reason why I was at the comedy store was to sell the show to him because um, I realized that they weren't open until 7 uh, p.m. every day. And um, they were wasting all those daytime hours that they could have a daytime show. And the show I had literally written script for was called The Ghosts of Comedy because the comedy store is haunted as fuck. Do you know yes. That? Yeah. yes. It used to be Shiro's. It was fucking many people were killed in that place. It's insanely haunted. Wasn't it um uh not to go off topic, but isn't it uh Polly Shore's mother or something yeah. that owned it? Mitzi yeah. Mitzi Shore. Yes. Yeah. Um, if I if I'd have gotten down there before she died, I would have been able to charm her and get stage time because you know I, I have that capability, but that's not like like, for sure. like, like Dracula. <laughs> you know. I'm just, uh, I'm an Alaska native dude. I'm a good looking guy, right? I would have been able to charm the pants off with that old lady. No problem, right? <laughs> and so, anyway, I had this show literally written. It was called The Ghost of Comedy, where we were going to, I, myself, and a, and whoever I could get to help me. Uh, I met a couple of those comedians down there that I knew would have done it. Um, but I had the idea before I went there, but it just all came together as soon as I got there, right? And so, uh, basically what, what it was going to be was a uh, tourist show because that's what I do up here in Alaska. I talk to the tourists. I sell my artwork. I tell stories, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, we're going to do like impersonations of dead comics and do our own material as for the first part of the show. And then the last part of the show would be an actual paranormal investigation of the haunted fucking comedy store. Right. Right. Be a sold out show every time. Cause who wouldn't want to go to that? And so when I finally got to one of the managers, which was a brilliant oh, idea, by the way, it was months later. I thought fucking Sam was going to get me in the door. Sure as shit, I fucked that up. And then they pretty much blackballed me the whole time. It took me the rest of the time I was, the rest of the winter I was down there, almost fucking five months later to finally get to one of the managers, right? And fucking finally pitched this idea to him. And and they ate it up with a spoon and said, send the fucking thing, blah, blah, blah. We're going to get this. Fuck, I go home to my buddy's house in Riverside where I was staying. Very next day, they announced the baloney virus. God. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, fuck me. Because I knew exactly what was going to happen. They were going to lock that fucking uh, stupid-ass, dumb-ass cunt LA down bigger than shit. Exactly what they did two two weeks after I left there. I blasted back home to Alaska because there's no way I was going to go through fucking the lockdown there. Fuck them, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll go back home and take care of my own. And so I bounced out and it never happened. What a fucking tragedy, huh? Your life could be very different right now. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Be a name right now, for sure. Because all those Hollywood fucks would have fell right into it. My my niece, she spent some time down there. She even knew Polly Shore. Supposed to introduce me. Blah blah blah. 
anyway, long story short, who gives a fuck about it? Because I don't want to be in LA. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> my buddy, actually, it's funny. We're talking about this right now because my buddy Thomas from work, who just quit to do comedy full time yesterday. No, Friday was oh. his last day of work. Wait, what? Yeah, he quit to go do comedy full time. Well, you know, he was well, like, let me, give, let me give you some advice and give him this advice, right? It doesn't matter how fucking funny you are, bro. I learned this because, I, I mean, I'm not trying to say anything, but I actually, I get laughs every fucking joke, right? And there's so many motherfuckers who don't. But it doesn't matter how good you are. Remember the story? It isn't who you know, it's who you blow. Yeah, of course. That's fucking Hollywood, baby. They don't say that for a joke, right? If he's already co consuming semen, he's not going to go anywhere. Well, it's I sad. hope you're. It's I hope you're wrong, but yeah, I'm not wrong. I know. I'm this, not is wrong. this is what he's doing, you know. And I'm not making. I'm making dick all off doing my podcast. I'm just doing it for passion, right? Uh, and it picks up. It picks up. But I'm just, you know, I'm constantly right. doing it every fucking week. Three, four, three episodes a week, whatever. Hoping it picks up steam, you know. But I'm no, still, doing my, still right, doing my nine to five. Still doing my nine to five. Where are you guys at? Uh, we're up near, near Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm. I'm just going to tell you how it was in L.A. And, and he, he's been down to L.A. like four times. Like Toronto's the little L.A., right? Yeah, pretty much. Like it's like it's also um, Hollywood North. They call it. So I'm guessing he's a white guy. He is white. Yes. Yeah, that's never going to get him anywhere. All right, because they're demonizing them now even now the only way that you're ever going to make it in any of these fucking places is if you fit the narrative that they have so if he wants to turn gay and become a transgender they will push him to the surface all right oh sure sure but then you got to also suck the semen right and so you gotta get you gotta get weinstein right? all right i'll give you this i'm the only alaska native standard comedian in the world do you think they any of them wanted to put me on the stage? Fuck no. They said that doesn't mean a hill of dog shit to us. And right. I had to stand in line with everybody else. All right? And so, even though I was the only one that they would ever have and ever see ever in their lifetime, they didn't want a fucking shit to do with it. All right? Isn't that wild? I can tell you a little something right there, doesn't it? I, I Absolutely. I should have asked them right off the bat, what? Are you racist? Right, and that's not <laughs> a social justice warrior my way in, but I'm not a fucking retard like that. Of course. And so, but you could have you can play it though, right? Like, there's a certain way you can play the game to get up yeah. there. Play it's uh, it fucking gay, and you might make it. But well, look at this. Watch. Look at this guy. Okay, Oakville, Ontario, which is like maybe a half an hour drive from where I am. Mm -hmm. There's this fucking. You probably heard about this. There's this male teacher, and he's he he goes right, with giant tits. The giant tits, yeah. And okay. people were like yeah, fucking. He was people were going nuts about it, and it's like the students are now speaking up, saying, "No, he's totally trolling the system." See, now I heard that. Yeah. See, I I, I wondered that because had I been it's in like, that class, they I can't. Me, I, right? I wondered that the students must have been in on it because had I been in that class, I would have went up there and strangled him with his own tits. Right, but I think he let the students know. He's like, I'm just doing this to fucking, uh, you know, put a stranglehold on the, all their fucking bullshit, right? Well, did it? 
I'm hoping it does. Fuck no, it ain't going to do nothing. I think it's fucking hilarious, though. It is hilarious, but, I mean, I, when I thought it was a real fucking person, I was pissed off. Yeah, see, that's like, it's like ver- reverse psychology, right? Well, um, I don't know. I kind of describe it this way, okay? Uh, you know how they like to say, uh, <laughs> to, to bring up Alex Jones, it's a war, right? Um, it's a war. Okay. Uh, it absolutely is a war. The, the enemy, the globalists, the Illuminati, whatever the fuck you want to call them, they ha- literally own every dollar on earth. Yep. All right. And they have that in their war chest against us. How much money do we have to fight them? Right. So you can see who's going to win. <laughs> And, and, and people say that we don't need a savior. No, no, no. we're going to lose the battle for our physical bodies, but we'll win the battle for our eternal souls. Absolutely. Don't worry about it. But you have to have an alliance with the creator. Right. Especially if you have that alliance and you know it. See, a lot of those poor retards out there don't have that. And, you know, some of us do, and we rely on that. As a matter of fact, I can't wait to shrug the mortal coil and, and hit the fucking next level. And be gone with this stupid physical bullshit, right? And swoop down with the with the whole Christ uh, galactic family and annihilate the fucking evil on this planet. That's a that's a thought. <laughs> well, I mean, that's I think that's what the second coming is. Those who are aligned with God, the Creator, are going to be in the Christ family and. Okay. The- Coming is us coming down in spirit and wiping them out. Okay, when I was growing up in, in Christian school and shit like that, that's a possibility anyway. Yeah, yeah we all we were all <laughs> trained in that possibility. Oh, we're all going to go to heaven and blah blah blah, right? And um, as you get older and stuff, you start to think, man, it'll be like it happened, right? And some people say that the second coming already happened, and that was the mud flood. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah, right. And so it makes perfect sense because. I mean, we're living in those end times that are described in the Bible where they say, oh, all this shit's going to happen. I remember when I was reading all that shit when I was like 12 years old. I'm like, no, the fuck way they're going to be able to pull this off, right? <laughs> <laughs> and here we are living in it now. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see. That's why they pulled it off. It was a long game, right? And so uh, I'm sitting here going, maybe there's more to this fucking, the second coming's already happened than there isn't. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. And um, as it gets worse and worse by the day, I'm more and more convinced of it. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's worse for the whole world scene. But you know what? I, I'm going to say this. Whenever I need a break from the bullshit, I just fucking turn this shit off. And I fucking go out down to my creek. And I hang out down there underneath the tree that I ingest from. Right. And, and I, realize, go, dude. Yeah. I realize everything's cool. It's all good. <clears throat> Everything is good, man. Honestly, it's like it's just everybody is so caught up in the materialistic bullshit. That's what I find. That's why I'm still single for the past fucking three, four years. It's like, cause all of most of the fucking women I see are just so entangled and engrossed in the materialistic culture. Say it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Ah, fucking it's rarity. Meet one. Shadow band of fucking hell, dude. And I posted this fucking anti-feminism video and I got like fucking fifty comments on it. Like I'm like, holy shit, did I start something? <laughs> hey, maybe you can't do that. 
too funny, dude. Dude, I, I, I'm so canceled from saying the shit, right? And so it's like, oh my god. Well, that's the thing. Us canceled people have to stick together and rise above, right? Like, I got. Uh, do you know King Bao? No. Oh, dude, he's the guy. He was. A, he's like a UFC fighter. He's a musician, and he got on and he won a fucking UFC fight. And he's wearing like this fucking BDSM collar and shit. He's a black dude, <laughs> and he says. Oh, by the way, Jimmy Kimmel, fuck you and your fucking pedophile Hollywood friends, blah, 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 whatever, right? Like, but anyway, I saw this guy and I said, I got to get him on the podcast. And, yeah. I reached out to him and I got him on, right? Right on. Fucking cool, man. And he's like, he has what's called the Jimmy Kimmel challenge, right? Yeah. Hashtag Jimmy Kimmel challenge, right? <laughs> fucking amazing, dude. He's going places, man. I can see it. And he's a war- spiritual warrior, and he's fucking just killing it, man. It's amazing. Right on. We need more of those. Absolutely. Yeah, we got to do. We got to fucking stand together and just like promote each other and fucking help them out. Yeah. Um. Hey, can we do? Can you do like a station identification? I'm gonna run and grab a beer. Is that cool? Go ahead. All right. I'm gonna be right back. While Reg is gone, let Davey speak for a second. Yeah. King Bao, if you're listening, you are a fucking warrior. And uh, thank you so much for everything you've done, uh, the inspiration you've given me and many other people uh, to just rise above this bullshit that is nine to five, that is uh, corporate people running the world that is evil people fucking running the world psychopaths okay and listen up cartel you know what it is by now right that's how it is man and i really hope this show gets out there to others you know this episode too everything man just find your fucking passion and roll with it and never fucking sell yourself out. And that's my message. Reg needs a beer. Yeah, I should have known it was going to take more than just a beer, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nightly drink. I'm a nightly drinker, like especially when I do my podcasts. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's awesome, man. It just opens up the mouth, right? Hundred percent, gotta have it. Um, hey, little. I did, I, did, I did a little spiel there while you were gone. <laughs> nice, nice. So, so don't cut it out. Absolutely, that's awesome. Um, hey, another little known fact too. Do you know why they call alcohol spirits? Please tell me. You would think I used to think it was just because it raises your spirits, right? But I found out that that people see the spirits while mm. all right and that's why they called it that and and this is one another thing that i deduce and what i brought up in the documentary too is that the the spirits like to come around people who are imbibing in alcohol because they can kind of piggyback that feeling right yeah that 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 elated feeling or that intoxicated feeling oh people say people say yeah people say that it lowers your vibration I do not agree. I, I've had mixed emotions about this fucking very subject, bro, because 
Honestly, like, like I'm I'm a happy drinker. Like I'm happy. I'm, I yes, like, we're rarities. Most people yeah. get pissed off and shit like that, right? Yeah, it definitely raises my spirits, man. Just oh, ask anybody. Yeah. I don't want to fight. Fuck. I want to have fun. I want to dance. I want to sing, right? That's it. We're a rarity, bro. <laughs> I guess. I mean, like, uh, uh, you're enabling my alcoholism right now. <laughs> the other thing is, is that they've had, they've actually literally used alcohol as a weapon here in Alaska against the native people. Mm-hmm. Historically, it was used when the, the whaling fleet showed up here and, and they're slaughtering the whales. Um, they wanted less competition. So they realized that if they brought alcohol here, they could get the natives all fucked up and they wouldn't put up for the winter. And then when they came back the next year, they'd have full villages of skeletons. Son of a bitch. Yeah. And that's a historical fact glossed over by fucking history. Something that nobody knows, but surely was used in alcohol is still being used as a weapon here. Why? Yeah. Because these people, it's a culture shock to them. And they, we have the largest, uh, we have the highest percentage of rape and violence against women here, in particular native women. And it's because of the alcohol, right? I, I always tell them the same thing. You want to stop this, stop pouring alcohol down their throats and you're going to see it's going to change. What that means would be take the freedom of choice away from them, right? And then, no, no, we don't have that. But this is the reason why, because these, these poor dumb chicks, they go out, they get fucked up at a party, blacked out. Next thing you know, they're passed out and the fucking scumbag piece of dog shit that call themselves men and something that I would never do, they drag them in the back and fuck them, right? And this is what happens and they get all raped and this is why they have the highest percentage of rape here. And right. Directly alcohol related. And same with the murder. And so, but no, are they going to stop bringing alcohol? Well, no, we got to have our booze, right? So they're not willing to address the problem. Right. And there it is. That's that simple. And it's sad. Don't get me wrong. It is sad. And I feel sorry for these people. But I mean, all they have to do is stop drinking and it would stop happening to them. And so most of them can't be casual drinkers, right? You see these people, as soon as they get one beer, they got to go until they're blacked out and pissing themselves in this fucking gut. Of course. Yeah, yeah. That's the, those are the problem. That's, those are the people with the problem. <laughs> then, and then, and then fucking jank them and the, throw jank them in the mix, right? Yeah, they throw everything in the fucking mix, right? <laughs> you know, jank them, right? What is that? It's when they uh, huff their own fucking shit in a bag. What the fuck? No, I don't know that. Yeah, I, I was on another episode uh, of the Imaginary of Thought podcast. Shout out to uh, Ron, Ron Weed. Uh, he told me what Jenkum was. He, I was like, because I said, oh yeah, they're like huffing their own fucking Dude, shit, I, right? I, I, I didn't think I could hear anything more fucking freaky, right? Yeah, and it gets them. It's it's almost like an opiate high, apparently. Oh, shut the fuck up! Boy. Yeah, you, you shit in a bag like a paper bag. You, you shit, shit it your yeah. own shit, your own yeah. shit in a bag, and you sit there and breathe it. You let it ferment. Dear God, no! For like a day, and then you you huff it. You just... Oh God! Yeah, I'm I'm, you're, I'm feeling like I'm puking in my mouth right now just hearing this. Yeah, it's it's crazy, dude. G J shit. J E N and shit to begin with. J E N K E M. Jenkum. J E. God damn it, man. Yeah. Cartel, look this shit up, man. I'm not lying. It's fucking okay, crazy. Who the fuck figured this out? <laughs> I don't know. Natives? I don't know. It sucks, though. Around, huffing his shit and figure out you get high off of it? 
Yeah, it's wild, man. Okay, what's the high like? That's what I heard. I heard it's like a fucking opiate high. Like, uh, like if you take like a bunch of Percocets or Oxys or something. Oh, so you're kind of drunk without being drunk? It's a euphoric state. Gross. Mm-hmm. No, trust me, I'll never try it. Same. I don't need to get down to that level, you know? Some of the people told me about fucking some kind of urine therapy where you drink your own piss and... Oh, yeah, that's a big thing right now. That's one I won't try either. And my buddy Thomas, who was telling you about, who's a comedian who I got on my last episode, he told me... the comedian, no! He was like, he was like, yeah, so you want to drink from your dick hole or your, your pussy... Ah, straight from the dick hole! Where all of the toxins are getting filtered out, and you're going to drink that? <laughs> hey, and they say, no, it's going to give you your essentials back. I'm like, okay, keep doing it. Go ahead. Uh, you're good. Mm-hmm. But, oh, um, Thomas, who knows, though? I want, I want to ask you about Thomas, though. Sure. Now, have you heard his material? Have you gone to his shows? I haven't gone to his shows, but I've seen some what, of his reels. You haven't gone to his show? <clears throat> Dude, it's, it's in Toronto. Like, I live in Brampton, which yeah, is like I'm not, I'm not trying to Toronto. Anything, but but I, I was just wondering hate. if you've heard him. Is he any good? Yes, he is. He's pretty fucking funny. He's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, he is. Okay, good. And and how long has he been doing it? <sighs> or better yet, how much material does he write every week? He's constantly writing, um, and he actually got involved with some of his stuff. <laughs> and what one of the things that I added into one of his jokes that he was telling on the regular got like stand up reviews. <laughs> Good. Good. I was like, uh, no, you got to spit on your hand when you're jerking off. So he did that, right? Uh-huh. For the crowd. He said, dude, yeah. you fucking told me to add in was they fucking loved it. I'm like, yeah, dude. Fuck. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm I'm say, if you're constantly writing, then don't even try it. But I'm glad to hear that. I mean, um, no, he's pretty funny. He's pretty confident, and he's making some good money out of it. So is he all the all the power to him? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, uh, how much money? I don't know. I didn't ask the specifics, but apparently, if he's willing to quit our company after eight years of working and to do this full time, then all the power to him. I wish him the greatest success. Oh, dude, people would be willing to do that even if they weren't making money. <laughs> No, right? True, true. But I'm glad to hear that he is making some money. That that's encouraging. Um, but uh, the the thing about it is, the only way you can make it in there is you got to get some well known fucking comedian to make you your opening act. Right. That's, that's the only way you can make it in, other than being a transgender mutant, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's the way it is. That's exactly how the whole thing works. Like I said, once again, it's not who you know; it's who you blow. Um, right. If he's got a fucking club that likes him though too, and can, and makes him like regular, then yeah, oh yeah, that's, that's where he's at right now. He's that's, got a steady club, and he's not really going to get you to the level that you want to be either. You're just going to be the club, the club monkey, right? No, right. He wants to go on tour with the big name and make the real money, right? That's how you got to do it. You got to. So he's got a shot because if he can fucking get some big name that comes at his club and 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 they like him, that's his only fucking shot, bro. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's coming from, trust me, tons of experience. Right? Yeah. That's no, I, I appreciate that. That's what I was trying to do in LA too, right? But as soon as I mentioned the Jews, they said, 
fuck this guy, right? And nobody would even talk to me. I'm not even kidding you. So, well, you're fucking blackballed right off the bat, right? Blackballed off the bat. Yeah. And so, fuck. He, he well, went I down. Still, dude, I still did good by standing in line and going up and doing my shit. Fuck, I still crushed it too. And so, yeah. Yeah, but it, it didn't mean a hell of shit. He went down to LA and he uh, he met San Tripoli. And oh, you um, did too? what? He did, yeah. And I was like, no way, dude. Did he get on his show? Uh, Sam invited him. And he didn't go? Sam invited him to do stand-up with, with him. Oh, stand-up. Yeah, Sam told me he was going to get me stage time, too, and he never did. Yeah, so it's like, that's probably one anyway, of those cool I'm gonna stories. Take back. I'm going to take that back. When he came up here to Alaska and, and showed up here in my town in Wasilla at Everett's, the place that does stand-up, Freaking, I found out about it, and it was in the middle of summer, and I was fucking fishing, and I was like, fuck, should I go see Sam Tripoli? And I'm like, ah, fuck, he's going to be, he, he, you know, he's not going to want to see me, whatever. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm, like I'm going to go anyway, fuck it. And so I went, and um, I was sitting there getting a ticket to the show, and and um, I hear this voice from behind me. I don't know how the fuck he recognized me from behind, because I cut all my hair off. I had super long hair when I was in L.A., and I had short hair when, when I was at the show, right? I cut, I finally got sick of it and just chopped it off, right? And so I'm sitting there buying this fucking ticket, and I hear this. Well, yeah, you, you have a very distinctive face. <laughs> no, I'm I'm back. He's he's behind me. I'm. Yeah, I know. But he probably spotted you like from the front before the before. No, no, no. Anyway, this is how when he just uh, said, "It's Mr. Jew World Order," he says, and I turn oh, around. Shit. And yeah, yeah. And so, um, as one of my buddies told me, who still listens to him, because I stopped listening to him a long time ago. He says that he still that he he tries to convince me that I still live in Sam Tripoli's head because of that comment, right? And and I didn't believe him, but sure as shit, I'll never live that down in his mind, right? He literally calls me Mr. Jew World Order, and I turn around and it's like, holy shit, it's Sam. And I, I didn't expect him to walk up on me like that, right? And uh, well, I mean, when we're in Alaska, it's like a little tiny little. I mean, this restaurant's big, but it's a little spot that we're at, right? Anyway, so I turn around and I'm like, what's going on, Sam? And we hug up. And he says, hey, you want to do five minutes? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll do five minutes. And so uh, he turns to the guy who's running the show. And he goes, hey, you want to give my friend here five minutes? And I'm like, sure. You know, and so I did five. I opened for him. It's, five minutes turned into 10 because I was crushing it, right? I was going to say, like, five is fuck all. But 10, yeah. yeah. Five probably- minutes for somebody who can't do comedy is an eternity, bro. Mm-hmm. Right? For somebody mm-hmm. who sucks, five minutes might as well be the rest of their life. I'm not even true, kidding. True, 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 true. That's, that's way more true than anybody will ever even imagine you can't i mean you ever watch kill tony and those dumb fucks can't even pull a minute right right i mean most fucking comedians are like that uh, the wannabe comedians right i'm not saying your buddy or anything like that but the wannabe types can't even fill a minute and they'll bomb if they have three now i was up there and i fucking crushed it out of the park i mean the guy who was i asked sam right away where's do they have a light because i'd never really even been to that place for comedy you know i just heard it was the comedy spot and i was just about ready to go to it anyway and all of a sudden sam shows up and i'm like fuck i'll go to sam right and so uh i'm just at, went there to have a good time i didn't know i was gonna end up doing five minutes and turn into 10 right <laughs> so i had to pull it out of my ass anyway and i did because i have good alaskan based humor i know how to handle the audiences here and fucking sure, sure shit every joke was just better than the rest right and fucking by the end uh, I mean, the guy, the guy who was running the show wasn't going to stop me because Sam told me there's no light. Just the guy who's running it. He'll give you a signal. I'm like, OK. And the guy was sitting right there in front. And so uh, <laughs> I was waiting for him to give me the signal. Right. And I was just rolling. I'm like, OK, I knew it had to have been well over five minutes, <laughs> but I was just going to keep rolling. until I got a signal. Right. 
And I was crushing it. And my last bit is, is a gay joke, right? <laughs> Literally, I know the dumb fuck that's coming on after me is this gay dude. <laughs> oh, my God. That's too funny. Yeah, it's so fucking funny. I had the real audience was just fucking rolling, dude. And, Do you um, remember the joke? You want to hear it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Oh fuck! Put me on the spot. Anyway, no, it's it's easy to do. Uh, it's just hard to do while you're not in a club atmosphere, right? I pretend you're that. there. For, for I can't <clears> throat> throat> pretend you're there. You're on, you're on a podcast right now, dude. So fuck. Yeah, I, we got an audience. And so anyway, um, the joke starts out like this: It's like, is it gay if you think it's a girl you're making out with? Right. If you don't know it's a guy. Then it's not gay, right? But when is he I think it's about the time you find his package. You find a package, hand-delivered, and you keep making out with the guy, then you're definitely bisexual. And that leads to my next question. Is it gay if you suck your own dick? Well, hell no. That falls in the freaky masturbation category, right? Nobody else getting involved. But when does it turn gay? I think it's about the time you figure out if you spit or swallow. <laughs> right? You spit that shit out, you're at least bisexual, but you swallow it, I'm leaning towards full-on gay. <laughs> right? And about that time, Sam comes running out from the back and gives me this, roll it up, son! <laughs> Holy fuck. And I'm like, okay, that's my time, guys, and boom, off I go, right? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> and next thing you know, this gay dude comes rolling up. The gay black dude, right? With the person shit. <laughs> yeah, and so it was, it was it was funny. I like I said, I had them all in the bag by then and the fucking crowd was just roaring. That's not even a fucking one two punch. That's like fucking consecutive fucking jabs to the face with an uppercut. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, dude. Like because like I, I hear from like a lot of comedians like there's lazy writing sometimes, right? It's like, I'm just going to hit them with like a one, two and an uppercut. But you, that was like consecutive fucking jabs. Like, that was the shit I was going to tell on Kill Tony if I got, if that they would have ever pulled my name, which they never did every time. I yeah, that, that was good shit, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was going to fucking knock him out with that shit. And that's why I left that for the, for the, for, for the end because it's just like, wow, right? And so... <laughs> But yeah, I, I I I write. I used to write like ten minutes a week, and go to this open mic in Anchorage at Rum Runners when I first started, like back in twenty eleven, about I don't know, 10, 11 years ago, right? Um, I, I I gave you a little background. I constantly told jokes on every boat I've ever been on, right? Not jokes that I wrote, just jokes I heard. Sure. So I, I know cadence and setup and all that shit, right? And that's dude, part dude, I don't write. I don't write jokes at all. I've I'm just like. I'm, I'm not, I probably should, but I'm notorious. I'm not, I'm not the notorious guy for going around my whole workplace and just fucking telling jokes that I already know that people haven't heard. Do you, have the first part of the equation. you already have the first part of the equation. You already know how to tell a joke. Right. Right. And that's the first part of it. There's uh, okay. I wrote a thing on uh, what I call joke psychology right after I got back from LA because I had learned so many fucking things. Right. And, and I myself have a unique perspective as a comedian because I'm also part of the audience. I, I love being in the audience in comedy, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's amazing. I mean, that's why I wanted to ever become 
a stand-up comic because I seen there was nobody really representing here in Alaska. Everybody was dog shit, right? And, and I'm, I'm being nice, right? These guys are not funny. Fuck. They think they are, but that's two different things. And well, so, you have a, you, got, you have the mindset already to be like, I love good comedy. And then if you're in the audience and you see shitty comedy, you fucking know how to, how to uh, you know. Dude, if I bombed as much as these fuckers here, yeah. I, would, I would stop, right? I would be... <laughs> I wouldn't do it anymore. I mean, long story short, yes, I have bombed, but that's a funny story in its own right. But the thing about it was I didn't realize a lot of shit about what was going on in this open mic when I write in 10 minutes a week. Most of those other comics couldn't write anything. And, and getting back to the joke psychology thing, this is how it goes. As an audience member, when you hear a funny joke, you laugh because it's funny. Yeah. Second time you hear that joke, you remember it's funny. By the third time you've heard it, you want to kick the guy in the nuts, say, tell me another joke. Right. Right. See? See? This is what these fuckers on the, on the stage don't get. They're doing the same tired five minutes expecting that everybody's going to keep laughing when we've heard this joke five times already. Shut the fuck up. Right? Yeah, dude. Like Russell Peters, for example, dude. See, okay, this works if you're in Vegas and every time's a new audience. You can yeah. do the same lame tired five, tired five minutes or whatever your same show is, right? But, but if when, you're in the same fucking location. Right. Here in Alaska, we don't have enough people to have that, right? This is why there's no comedy scene here. Because you right. can't build an audience because you can't provide them a new show every time. Right? And most people can't write that much. Shit, 10 minutes a week, as I found out, is fucking, that's a shitload, right? And all the other comics fucking hated me because I showed up with 10 new minutes every week and they're all doing their same stupid thing. I didn't even realize that until about halfway through. The, see, the, the thing about me is I used to be, a, uh, of course, I'm still a filmmaker, and I used to videotape everything. So as soon as, sure as shit, I videotaped every time I went on stage so I could study it and see what the fuck I was doing wrong and, and cut that out and work on my strengths. Like any artist would do. This is a little known trick that most people won't fucking do. They go, oh, I hate watching myself. You fucking retarded then. And so... I would set up a camera and I still have all this video too. I can, I, I published them before and on my original YouTube channel that got taken down. Right. I got all my bits still the starting with, cause I studied it all and I can look at, cause when you're on stage, you can't hardly tell what people are really liking and what they're sure. not. Right? I mean, you can kind of hear it, but if you're concentrating on your set and shit like that, you're not, you're not, you're not getting their perspective. Dude, when I first started, I just blanked everybody out, right? Because you can't listen to them. You can't hear any hecklers. You can't do any of that, right? You got to stay on yeah. your set. And, and I, I rehearsed my jokes so much that I thought they weren't funny anymore, right? And that's how much I rehearsed as an actor slash comedian. And that's the way you got to do it if you want to make it. And you got to know these things inside and out. You got to be able to deliver at any time. Sure. So anyway, um, I watched all my videotapes incessantly and... The funny thing about it was, okay, I'll give you this advice as, as to starting to write jokes. When I finally realized that I wanted to try to write jokes, I just thought back on what do I say most often that people laugh at all the time and make a joke about that. And so my first joke became my most dangerous joke. And this is how it goes. <laughs> Let's go. I, always, I always ask people immediately when I get up there on stage, I always ask, are there any Alaskans out there, right? when I'm in Alaska, because a lot of people from here are, are not from Alaska. And that's a joke in its own right. But I say any Alaskan out there, anybody, hey, Alaska, right on, right on. I'm Alaskan too. We love Alaska, despite the fact it's the only place on earth where even the fat chicks are stuck up. 
and people laugh because it's true, right? Yeah, and, I see that. And so I, I worked on that and I made, I literally wrote almost 10 minutes around this fucking one joke, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I went up, it's my second time on stage. The first time I went on stage, I was drunk, right? Because <laughs> I, I, I needed fucking to lose my inhibitions in order to get up there, right? And so I was pretty well in the bag. I, I didn't do that again for a long time. <clears throat> I like most time. rock stars and artists do. I watched my playback and I'm like, look at this drunk fuck, right? I was pissed at myself. I wanted to slap myself in the face because I said, you know, 2,000 times in 10 minutes, right? And so uh, I didn't do that the next time I went up to Stone Cold Sober. And um, anyway, uh, I came up with my second set and it was all based around that that fat chick joke, right? <laughs> and uh, And I literally won a contest that was just, I didn't know what was happening that night, but they had this little contest. The, the guy who ran the show was having a contest to open up for this guy that he was bringing up from down south. Um, the guy who used to do, uh, who was the guy who used to do that taxi thing? Oh, wait, no. His name was Bill Bailey. He's a, he's a ball-headed comedian who does all kinds of weird physical type shit and weird voices and stuff like that. Anyway, he was coming up in it. And the, to win the contest, you were going to open for him, right? <laughs> And so I went up there and it was like, I, I crushed it out of the park and the, the judges gave it to me, right? It, it was easy to tell from the replay. And, um, and so I went up the next week opening for this guy and did the exact same fucking set. I thought, fuck, okay, this set crushed so good. I'm going to do it as an opener for this guy, right? Right. And, and so I, I go up there, I show up and it's Friday. It's, we usually did comedy on Thursday, right? So it's Friday, which makes it different already. And they did it at 7 p.m. 7. And that's like, fuck, I already you could already tell there was a bad feeling in there because Friday... People haven't, people haven't been drinking enough they yet. They haven't been drinking! And they haven't yeah. had anything to eat. They're cranky as fuck, right? And, and I didn't know this. I'm a fucking novice, right? I'm a fledgling comedian thinking I'm already high on my first success, right? And I didn't fucking read the room at all, which is fucking fatal. And so I grow up, roll up there just trying to play out the exact same set like it's the same thing, right? And I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, 7 p.m., nobody's in a good mood. The DJ from the, the popular station is there right in front. He's got his two kids. They're like 12 years old. My set contains unwanted anal penetration type material. <laughs> And do I want to tell these jokes in front of these 12 year old kids who are sitting there grinning at me? Fucking tell me something. Right? Guy, right? And I'm like, fuck. And so uh, I start out with my stupid fat chick joke and I lost him right there. Right. Because little did I know, I should have spotted her. There's a fat chick in the fucking audience. Oh, my God. Oh, and I couldn't buy a laugh. I could have been dead on stage at the moment and nobody would have noticed. And even my friends who came with me, who I told them to laugh. They did, right? And so I'm, I died in, I've never bombed like that or ever since. And immediately to my nuts and take me down a notch, right? So many factors to like, uh, when it comes down to like, to determine uh, how you're going to kill your audience, you know? That's why the smart comedians go out, you feel your audience out, right? Right, right. You things right off. And you, you got to figure it out. You got to figure where they're at. You look at them for fuck's sakes, right? I didn't look at them. <laughs> look, yeah, yeah. Well, as soon as I see those little <clears throat> the audience out, which is wrong. I mean, okay, and this is the thing is, 
this is the thing too. What do you call a comedian without an audience? A well, dumb shit talking to himself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's basically what you're supposed to do, though. Right. You don't have anything if you don't have your audience, and so you need yeah. to get your audience on board immediately. And so this is why a lot of comedians do self-depreciating humor immediately, right? Make fun of yourself. Sure. People will laugh at you. You look at the funny guy, right? And then you've already won them, right? Don't go on the uh, offensive and make fun of the audience like I did. By <laughs> right away. Right. You're all stupid and fat. Shut up, right? <laughs> ah, I figured it out because I watched the fucking replay. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Yeah. That, so, how did it make you feel at the time? Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I rolled off stage and I went to my buddies and I, I was fucking like I was going to slap him, right? Motherfuckers, why didn't you laugh? And I'm like, that's why I brought you here anyway. Fuck it. I go, that, there was no save in that. And, um, I know I, I didn't like if you're thinking that I wanted to do comedy, no, that wasn't that. I just realized how stupid I was not taking part in the audience. And you could see immediate change in, in how I did my show after that because that's what I started doing was figuring out the audience before I even started to go into shit, right? And that's a little advice for you, bro, too. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm definitely um I'm definitely going to tell him to listen. Are you smoking like, some weed, too? No. Oh, too bad. I am high and drunk, though. <laughs> no, that's the way you got to do it. In this exactly. World, in this world today. I mean, I thought I was, I was when I was doing my health kick thing um, and, and did this whole flush my body out and shit like that, and everything changed for me, I started to think, man, should I quit drinking everything and doing all that? And I thought, <laughs> no, fuck your health. <laughs> Why? Right? <laughs> Dude, I flushed my liver out. I used to get weird, bad hangovers, splitting headaches, all that bullshit. After I did the liver flush, fuck. I can drink all I want. I wake up the next day, I'm like, doo, doo, doo. no big deal. I just, Dude, I, I, I very, very rarely have a hangover. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I can tell the difference. For me, it was like, uh, dude, because uh, I used to get mad hangovers, right? That's the worst. Not anymore. Not anymore. That's why I'm drinking, drinking. <laughs> and then it's like you go, you get up and you're supposed to go to work the next day and you're like, fuck. No, fuck that. Why work? No, I'm playing. <laughs> well, this is our goal, right? Our goal is to do what we do and try to make a living off of it because we're so passionate about it, right? I'm not passionate about going to work, but I do, I do still enjoy it. Yeah, that's kind of the trick. You want to get, uh, you want to be able to make a living by doing something you're passionate at. Yeah, yeah. I think that's 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 escaping the matrix essentially, right? Well, I was at that way for a long time with my uh, Alaska Native artwork. I do uh, scrimshaw work, etching on. <clears throat> And back in the day when everybody had money, I I fucking made a really good living at it, right? I made shitloads of money at it. Uh, I like to describe it this way. Back in uh, like the Clinton days, right? Fucking, I had, I could sell a piece of baleen for a couple hundred bucks, a little piece, right? And and then it went to 
what was a bush. Uh, and then the price dropped down to around 150. And then Obama came along. Fuck, I was down to 95 bucks on these things. Now they're 50 bucks, bro. Fucking crazy, man. So there you go. There's a little descriptor on that. Who, who, can, we, who can we thank for that ultimately, though? The fucking Jews, the filthy Jew. The <laughs> I'm so going to get flagged. I love it. See, that's why I asked you should I not talk about this? No, it's okay, man. I'd rather the truth hear, come out. Do you want to hear the creation of money story? Yes, let's do it. Oh my God, it's going to take forever. I'm just kidding. Let me take a sip of my beer first. Go for it. Okay. This is way back in the past, right? Before money. Okay. Where the real money is supposed to be, it's called currency, which is our energy, right? Called fakery. <laughs> the energy that we put out into the world or the universe is the amount of currency we should get back. That's how it should be, right? Well, humans are the only ones stupid enough to pay to live on Earth. Look at all the animals. They don't. Right. <laughs> anyway, that's how it goes. I'm, fuck. I'm trying to remember here. I've been a while since I told this one. But, um, okay, anyway, there's a, uh, a slave master who works for a pharaoh, let's just say, a king. Okay, slave master working for a king. And the king is building a temple to praise God, right? And he's building this temple out of polished stones. You can only get these polished stones in the middle of fucking nowhere. And he wants them dra dragged over to this spot where he can build his temple. So he's got all these slaves and he's got these slave masters in charge of building the temple. And so uh, they don't have it most of the way done, but it's getting close and freaking the slave masters are noticing that the slaves are not happy, right? Of course, you're a slave. Why do you want to be happy? Sure. And uh, they, they feel like they're about ready to revolt. And so the slave master, by the way, his name is Demonicus. Oh. Yeah. And he's a smart guy. He rules behind a mask. He wears this golden mask, right? So nobody knows what he looks like. And he's got like a wig and a costume and everything, right? And he, he knows that he doesn't want anybody to know he's a slave master, right? He's not stupid. Just like all our presidents, right? <laughs> Fuck them. Anyway. <laughs> the slave master realizes that the thing's going bad and he goes and tells the pharaoh, right? And the pharaoh says, well, you better figure this shit out, man, or otherwise it's all our asses. And he's like, yeah, no shit. He realized that there's way too many slaves. They could actually, if they rose up, they would slaughter them all and they wouldn't have a chance. So Demonicus has this plan and he takes off his mask and all his stuff and he literally has his uh, minions chain him to the biggest and meanest looking slave in the bunch. And he's going to try to figure out what's going on. And so he works right next to this big slave for like a week or whatever, you know, every day. Until one night, Demonicus is on cue. <laughs> he whimpers out as they're trying to sleep. He says, will it ever end? And the big slave rolls over on his fucking, oh, fucking hey, it's going to end. And the dumb fuck literally tells him the whole plan. Holy shit. Yeah. So no sleep for Demonicus <laughs> that night. 
he already knows that him and everybody's dead if he can't figure out how to fucking put these slaves under heel. Right. <laughs> I know, right? And so he he stays up all night thinking on how he can do this. And by morning, he had an idea. And so... Probably makes, wasn't the best one. Well, you, you can tell me at the end of the tale. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he gives a secret signal to his men. And they, you know, take him out of the chains. And he freaking goes and cleans up and puts his fucking costume and his mask back on. And he goes to report this to the pharaoh. And so what do you fucking think the pharaoh said? Eat a dick. No. <laughs> but that's a good one. <laughs> the pharaoh said, all right, so how the fuck are we going to, you know, solve this problem? And he said, don't worry, I have this idea. But first of all, you have to free the slaves. <laughs> Holy fuck. Okay. Yeah, and the pharaoh, that's when he told him to eat a dick. <laughs> right, right, right. See, I was close. I was close, right? That's why I didn't react when you said that. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but yeah, he basically told him to eat a dick and he was going to put Demonicus to the sword, right? And Demonicus says, no, 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 no. Don't worry. Don't worry. Because once you free the slaves, all you have to do is go to the wall and utter a few sentences and they will be enslaved to us for the rest of their lives. As a matter of fact, their offspring will be enslaved to us and everybody on earth as well. And the Pharaoh's like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? He's like, no, nah, I got this. He's like, okay, tell me these words I should say. And so he said, okay. And so he told him. And sure as shit, the Pharaoh re released all the slaves. And the slaves, of course, didn't believe. The right. shit. They're like, no way, we're free? What the fuck, right? And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. All you got to do is, you know, bring that last stone in to the wall and hear what Pharaoh has to say, and uh, you're free. And so they're like, eh, what could they say? Okay. So then they go to the wall. And sure shit, the Pharaoh's up there. And he says, yes, it is true. I have freed you. You guys are all free men. You have not heard in deceit. That's how great a guy I am kind of thing, right? And, and they're all like, well, he goes, the only thing I ask is one small favor. And they're like, oh, well, well, okay. And he says, just deliver that stone to the temple so I can finish my temple to God in respect. And if you do that, then my men will give you a coin. And with that coin, you can purchase water or food. Hell, you can save them up and buy your own house. If you save enough, you can buy your own town. And immediately the slaves were fucking dragging those stones as fast as they could. Of course. To accumulate as many coins as they could. So you see what happened. The slave master disappeared. It became this concept of money and payment. And sure shit, they're still slaves. <laughs> and they have to work for this money. And it continues to this day. Because you sure she can't exist on earth unless you pay. So exactly. We'll our asses off to get that money, which is our slavery. And it's a very uh, simple way of. Uh, yes. And this is why it's a great story. And, and we're still under the system today. And this is why they named it after Demonicus. And it's called 
democracy. So there you go. Holy fucking hell. Right? And that, that goes that goes back to what I said, like we're living in hell, right? And we have to find a way to get the fuck out of it. And and that's just gonna be if you're just gonna be the same fucking NPC who's not uh, who's scared of speaking out of any of it, then you're just fucking you're gonna come back here again and try to figure it all figure it all out again. Well, I started to think about that too. And so after hearing the story a few years back, I read it in a book called The Ringing Cedars of Russia by Vladimir Megra. I, I recommend it to anybody to read. There's a whole series of them. Crazy shit. Not to take credit for the story, the creation of money story, because that's what he wrote. And I just remembered it and I changed it a little bit to make it easier and faster to tell. Now, but, was that an allegory or was it an actual, did it actually happen historically? That's the thing. You got to read this series of books, which gives an alternate uh, account of history. Okay. Yeah, it does. It's amazing shit, dude. I recommend it to anybody. Literally, I mean, all right, I've read tons of books in my life. This is the only series that literally changed my life path. Uh, there's another concept in there that blew my mind. And I'll share that with you, too. Uh, it's it's in the first book. And um, it's, it's about this guy, this Russian merchant who was traveling up and down one of these Siberian rivers trying to make uh, foster trade, right? And um, he encountered this these people that live out in nature out there, in, in particular this woman called Anastasia. That's the name of the first book, Anastasia. And um, they, they talked about this concept that blew my mind. And basically this is what it is. Um, all right, first of all, we agree on a couple points, all right? You can take some of your saliva and literally get your DNA out of it. Right. Right. And then, okay, the other point is that a seed, uh, a seed that makes up a plant. Now, it contains more knowledge about this universe than anything that's ever going to be made by the hands of man. Right. The mm -hmm. creator made a little bitty seed can create a huge plant and fruit and everything. Right. And that that will never be replicated by men. It doesn't matter how hard they work or toil they'll never make anything as incredible as a seed so anyway take that seed even though it has an enormous amount of information about the future more than any computer chip will ever hold you take that seed it needs more information you put it underneath your tongue for the first nine minutes of its germination period and that seed will read your dna code and it'll find any shortcomings in it as in if you have any disease or prone to any type of disease. And so that seed will take that knowledge. And when it grows the plant and the fruit that comes from the plant, that if you consume that fruit, it will cure you of that disease. Holy shit. Isn't that just mind blowing? And so like, I'm just sitting here, Reg, and I'm just like, where's he going with this? And then all of a sudden it's like, Holy shit. There it is. Nature is the cure. All right. Um, two operating systems on earth, the natural and the artificial. The natural system is ever present and the artificial system is trying to kill the natural system. But all you have to do is go to nature to cure yourself. And that's the thing. And that blew my mind. And I was like, fuck, I got to try this. And so I, I grew plants like that. Put them under my tongue for nine minutes. You got to do a little more than that. You got to read these books, right? To get the actual thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
take them out in your hands and present them to the heavenly bodies and you tell the heavenly bodies what to do with these seeds, right? It's crazy shit. It's just crazy enough to be the truth. No, it's not crazy. It's It makes perfect fucking logical sense. I was hoping that you would grab that because a lot of yeah. people, right? But I knew you were on the same wavelength and you were going to grab this. Right? For sure, dude. And so, yeah, try it. Uh, these plants grow superior. They do. The plants I grew from under my uh, tongue were fucking insanely grew fast and furious, right? They were amazing. And so, yeah, try it. But I don't have any disease or any cancer or any fucking stupid thing like that because I don't believe in it, for one. And so, either do I, either do I, right? And so, uh, but but use it if if you want to try it if you want to. But this this concept intrigued me about the whole series, and I read them all. Right? There's things in there to take in, and there's other things to set aside, all that kind of shit. But mm-hmm. they're amazing. Yeah, you'll get epiphanies while reading. Well, I also came up with another idea. Remember, we're talking about the monetary chains of slavery. Yep. So, how do we break these chains? Right. That's what I started to think. And so I started to think. This is this is my mission. Okay, here's (laughs) the answer. Here's the answer. Why do they have us under control with their money anyway? Because we need that for food, right? We need it for sustenance. So how do we get sustenance without paying for it? And that's the answer is easy. You start a farm and grow your own food. That's not easy. Why? No, it's not easy at right. all. There's a way to do it. And if you read these series of books, you'll figure out how to, how to do it. They, they talk about how these people have done it from since time immemorial. They grow on one hectare of land. They can support their family for generations to come. That's about two and a half acres. If you do it correctly, you can do that. You build an orchard slash farm, self-sustaining thing that can support you forever. And it sure shit is possible. I mean, it's, it, as a matter of fact, the ancient people did it, and it was easy for them. And if you read these series of books, you'll see how they did it. But how, how can you do that in the modern world, right? It's going to be hard. And so up here in Alaska, I figured there's an easy way to do it. If I go back down to southeast Alaska where I live and live in somewhere that's a geothermal spot and I can continue to grow year-round and then also barter, so you're, you would have to end up accomplishing this one thing. You would have to be able to either grow – harvest kill um bag or uh barter for everything that you need to to survive Mm -hmm. right that ties in completely yeah right and that's that's not i mean it's it'd be a herculean task in the modern world but it's not out of the realm of reality sure and so that's the that's what you got to do if you want to fucking break the chains of slavery monetary slavery Got to be able to support yourself and your family without money. There you go. That is unfucking real, man. A Herculean task, but you'd need a community of people willing to do that. Like, yeah. Like the Amish on steroids, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that there's a lot of people in our truther community that are getting to that point, like where they're getting off grid, like. Uh, false reality check <clears throat> is another podcast that I like. Yeah, they, we're all uh, leaning that way, we're all leaning that way. Get the fuck yeah, out we're all it. leaning that way. Like we're all trying to fucking, uh, we're trying to get out of here, you know, because we realize how fucking evil it is. Yep, and it's like fuck this shit, dude. It is possible, but you got to have a community of people. Yeah, and you got to go off to somewhere. Okay, this is why I came back home to Alaska because I realized. 
that they don't give one flying fuck about this place, right? There's not exactly. There, there's only they're trying, to, they're trying to terraform it so demons can inhabit it, right? Well, there's only 700,000 people in the entire state. And so that's not enough fucking people for them to vampire off. Sure. And so that's what I deduced, right? And, and I know for a fact that if they wanted to kill off most of the population here, all they have to do is stop the food barge. Which is what's happening right now. No, we're fucking doing... I mean, the only thing that's really out of control is the stinking rotten gasoline price. Which is That too, yeah. Bucks. It's back over five bucks again. This is where oh. all the fucking oil comes from, you fuckers! God, we don't even <sighs> started at this, right? Dude. It's but, crazy. It's like, dude, we have our own fucking oil. Why are we paying so much, you know? No, and see, it's like, dude, if, you, if you're a traveler, like if you drive a lot, and you travel from like one place to another, you're like, excuse me, why am I paying a dollar fifty or a dollar seventy-five in the city? And then I go way up north, and then all of a sudden I'm paying a dollar forty. Because that's where the population is, and that's where they can fucking gouge you, right? Well, that's what this is. This this is the these this inflation in the gas prices, it's the final looting of the middle class. All of us right. fucking robbed from because there ain't no fucking faggy war in Ukraine. It's a fraud. All they're doing, of course, is it is. Right, they're using that as as a premise to fucking raise all the prices and all that bullshit. Right, it's the money laundering capital of the of the West, dude. What I like to say is that this is the death throes of the empire. Every empire ever been has collapsed. The, mm-hmm. the empire, the new Babylon, is collapsing right now. Once they start teaching little kids to be a different gender, little boys to cut their cocks off, that's the end. Yep. Yeah. And it's happening real time. Oh, fuck, we're seeing it. And we're being we're being fed a false history in real time. And then you're getting fucking uh, kids who ch- who did chop, chop their fucking dick off to become a woman. And they're like, I regret it. I'm so depressed. Well, see, that's the whole thing. Um, there's only a couple things that will drive human life right to begin with it's air right you will fight for a breath of air then it's food and water but beyond that it's sex drive that's the only thing that'll get people out of bed in the morning is if you have a thought that you might have sex and be sexually satisfied morning wood once you uh cut your genitalia off or decimate yourself in that way you can never achieve sexual satisfaction and therefore they have a, like a 60% suicide attempted suicide rate. Yeah. And so that's what the Nazi sorcerers are trying to get the little kids to do it because they know that they'll kill themselves eventually because what is there to live for? Right. And that's right. the freaky thing about it. And I, I can't believe that people are falling for this shit. I and can't so, fucking believe it, man. Anyway, this is how I, this is my new argument to them. Right. When I have, I actually have a couple of trans mutants in my family. <laughs> All right, the younger generation, these dumb fucks who are easily talked in you. Stupid. Trans mutants. Trans mutants. <laughs> That's what I call them. Because they're trying to mutate themselves. Right? Yeah. And they're doing that through the Nazi sorcerers, the doctors, and which are trying it's to. Part of the transhumanism agenda, which is to uh, get our consciousness put into something else so that we never die. Well, that's the, the face, but it's actually an, an extinction agenda. And I've, I've told this to people before. Even It doesn't even have to be transgenderism. Gay, just being gay. 
because how many kids does a gay person produce? Zero. And so that right there is unsustainable in a society, right? You need to have at least two. Sure. Right. And so it's an extinction agenda to begin with. Yeah. Uh, Because if the entire human race went gay today, that's the extinction day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so this is that simple, but most people. And then everybody has monkeypox. Once you finally mutilate your genitalia and you can't reproduce, then yes, you lose your, your willingness to live. And this is why they try to kill themselves so often. And so, uh, and these people, I, these people right. don't even care about reproducing. It's it's just like I just want to uh, fulfill my perversion. Okay, this is how you win the transgender argument in one line. When when somebody tries to tell you to support their transgender kid, and this is what I'm hoping my, even though I never will try to speak to my my older brother again who has a trans mutant, <laughs> right? I'm gonna tell him, hey, okay, do you support that? You support transgenderism? Cut your fucking cock off. Yeah. All right? And if you're not willing go, to cut the cock go, off, then you're not fucking absolute in what you think, so shut the fuck up. Go visit the uh, the most famous uh, Russian transgender doctor, Dr. Kachakakov. There you go. <laughs> and then, and, yeah. And, and if you're not willing to do that, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Seriously, because like, they don't think... And if they say, oh, no, well, it's not for me. It's only for my kid. Oh, what? Good enough for your kid, not for you? Fuck you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fuck you. So that's that's how you win the transmutant argument. <laughs> oh, so you're willing to cut your cut your dick off? Yeah, hey, if you're willing to cut your dick off, then you're going all the way. Fuck, I'll finally respect you. Yeah. Well, then, no. I know, I, I know sure as hell that I'm not willing to. The fuck no. That's why I'm saying this. This is the fucking most retarded <laughs> gonna cut their fucking cock off i know there's a few freak shows that were talked into it but they end up committing suicide later dude honestly i i shouldn't bring this up but i'm going to anyway there was somebody that i worked with and they went through the surgery and everything and they got facial reconstruction facial reconstruction and everything wait a guy you a girl yeah no the gross one but he he or she was. It's the only actual one because they can't fucking add a cock to a woman, right? Exactly, exactly. Right? It's the only one they can try to do. And so, correct me if I'm wrong. This is where the fucking Nazi sorcerer cuts his cock off, inverts it into himself, and tries to make it into a a fake pussy. Right, right. Yeah, that in itself is sickening. However, right? I that was working sickening. with I was working with this person, and. We got along so well. Now they want somebody else. Some guy I can, I can tell. Wait, wait. I can now, tell. Now that they after want her reconstruction facial facial surgery. She did not. She looked more like a man than before. And, uh, wait, and now this person wants. Well, you can tell she was depressed about it. Hold on. He was still depressed about it. She ain't no she. Anyway, sure. Uh, and and so now this. This, this dude decided to invert his cock and thought that maybe some other dude is going to come along and stuff his cock in his inverted cock. That right there is a freak show, right? And so this is yeah. why these, these people are on the wrong track to begin with. And, and I'm going to tell you a simple reason why it's happening to these folks. And it's a chemical assault. I talk about this all the time. The chemicals, the plastic, the BHT, the BPA, all that bullshit that gets into the bloodstream acts as estrogen and it throws off all the hormones 
start getting these weird feelings and thoughts. You think you're gay. When you're not, it's a chemical assault. You flush the chemicals think- out, come back to normal. Yeah. That's the simple truth, but nobody will believe that simple truth. Fuck no. Yeah. Even Fuck no. Al- Dude, even alkaline water, I, I suggest to people all the time, drink alkaline water. Like Alex Jones talks about, the gay frogs, right? The atrazine. Yeah. The most yeah. second dumped fucking fer- or, uh, pesticide in the U.S., right? Not in any yep. other country. No, only U.S. Get it? Yeah, they're all gay for that reason. And they don't get it. And if they flush the chemicals out, they'd come back normal and be able to have a normal life and a satisfying life where you have a family and whatnot, right? But Even even it, autism, man. Autism is all about the gut. All these conditions can be boiled down to basically the gut. You're so correct on that. Yeah. Like, even myself, like, I, I have Crohn's, what they call Crohn's, right? So it's like I have to do things that uh uh level out my mental health because of it because you want to you want to, the, you want to get rid of that the serotonin isn't coming up to my brain as much as i want it to be right so do you want, do you want to get rid of that yes i do absolutely well i'm gonna tell you it's it's inflammation it. right it's all inflammation all you have to do is flush your colon bro everybody everybody who's ever eaten food on this earth which is all of us has a little bit of that food stays behind in the colon and after a lifetime, it gets built up. This is why I have people have big beer guts and shit like that. It's not beer gut. It's a fucking enlarged spastic colon. That's, uh, I, I, well, I know this because I've studied the doctors who figured it out. There's a few Nazi sorcerers uh, out there that actually care. One of them is Dr. Edward Group. He makes a product called Oxy Powder. will flush all that shit out. Okay. You take it before you go to bed and it starts from the intestinal tract down. And it starts to flush out all the post-putrefied waste lodged in there. And you start to shit it out the next day, right? And so make sure you don't have to go to work in the morning because you're going to be shitting. Unless, of course, you have a good shitter at work. And right. so what happened to me is I did this for, uh, I think I did four weeks the first round. And and it, it worked awesome. But I didn't do the parasite flush at the same time. So the parasites made me start craving shit. So the second time, I did the parasite flush and the oxy powder at the same time. And that worked. I did six weeks of that. And I lost like 15, 16 pounds of stuff. I mean, I was in good shape to begin with, right? But I lost all this belt weight because that's a clog shit in, inside your gut. You're never going to lose no matter how much you work out or whatever, right? No matter what you do, whatever. No, that shit's lodged in there. And, and, and literally, when I saw that shit coming out of me, man, it was how you could tell it wasn't been in there a long time. They had different colors and shit. And uh, it was kind Holy of, I was, I was grateful to see it out of me. Right. And then I lost a couple of belt loops and shit. Everybody was like, damn, what are you doing, boy? And, and, and it works like that. It works without I'm squirting it. shit up my ass. <laughs> Don't put anything no, up your ass. No, I, I know. I was just fucking with That's you. The That's the thing I can't do is the enema. Right. Yeah. Because I won't squirt shit up my ass. And so I did this other way flush the one I'm describing to you. It's you can see it on my YouTube channel. I, I made a video. I've made a series of videos about everything that I, I do. I'm gonna have to get back on back to you on that to try that out. Well, it's like okay, step one is address the water you're consuming, and because we're all made of water and it's constantly replacing itself. If you're drinking sewer water, which most people are, mm-hmm. <laughs> know it. It's- it. No, dude, dude, dude. I had a water tester guy come to my house the other day. Uh, I posted on my Instagram because it was a free thing that my buddy Jake from my my friend's band, uh, The Android Meme, 
Oh my God, it's uh, Jake. Yeah. So he, so I won this contest where they brought this air purifier to my place, but they tested the water and they wanted to sell me something. But of this course. guy, when he tested the water, dude, bottled water was the fucking worst culprit. Oh, yeah. oh I learned this decade ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Never drink bottled water. Don't. Dude, no. it's the fucking worst, man. Worst. It's all straight from it's, China. It's full of everything, right? Dude, it's so crazy, dude. And yeah. even the chlorine, he's like, here. He took two glasses of water from the tap, okay? Mm-hmm. And yeah. he said, put your put four of your fingers into that glass and, and hold it there for like 45 seconds. So I did that. <laughs> and then he poured chlor- uh, like this chlorine test in both glasses right yeah and then the fucking one glass that i put my fingers in was clear the other one was yellow he's like what do you think that means i'm like i don't know and he said your body is absorbing chlorine so because of the shit that's in your tap water yeah it's fucking insane dude yeah yeah 100 correct i i drink only fully filtered water and not only that but molecular uh constructed water um you got to watch water the great mystery on youtube and it's going to tell you how to the, the the molecular structure of the modern water that we have is so confused that your body can't even absorb it right so you have to reconstruct we're it. not we're not hydrating ourselves fully 100 everybody's going through life dehydrated and that's yeah. the key is you start with your water because you got to get rehydrated before you flush your colon because you're going to lose a lot of water weight when you're flushing that and yes. you will be hydrated and, and you don't want that. And so this is why I laid it out in the, the proper order. Because uh, people always ask me, you know, I mean, because people have saw how I, I've kind of changed when I get up, right? And, yep. and, and so uh, they uh, only a few people, though, right, out of the masses. And they asked me if you, only a few people have that I know have followed the, the protocol that I went through. And, and I would, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I'm so grateful that I did this. It made it gave me my life back. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, it was insane. But um, yeah, a few people, only the few people who have followed it have achieved this exact same result. And one of them was my mom. I, I extended her life for a while, right? And that was that was awesome. But um, anybody who who does it can follow through with it. But that's the key: is you got to do it, right? Nobody will. Got to do it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like. So, so when the guy did the water test of my, my house, I was like, I was fully fucking convinced because I told him, um, I've been drinking smart water for like a few weeks now. And it's like vapor, vapor distilled. Right. Right. And I said, I've noticed a huge difference in my shitting. Uh Right. Yes. One of the few that, that is not, I mean, not that any of them are good, but it's one of the better ones. It is, but, uh, it's, it's expensive. It is. And that's why. So so I started drinking it on the regular. <clears throat> and he's like, how much? How did it change your shit though? Well, dude, because since I have Crohn's, like I get diarrhea a lot, right? Uh-huh. And now my shits are like not so diarrhea-like. <laughs> right? Okay. Right? So it's like, yeah, and I'm getting my fucking energy back throughout the day and everything, man, because I feel like I'm like I'm absorbing the shit that I should be absorbing. Bro, and like, do the colon blow. If you do the colon blow, you'll never. You, your Crohn's is gonna be history. All that, all those symptoms. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna definitely don't try that. Doctor. But uh, don't tell your yeah. doctor. 
Dude, I don't go to the doctor anymore. Well, I've been to the doctor like so like long, man. Fuck good. that. That's the best way. It's bullshit. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah. So one that, that uh, also I'll send you the link to the to the playlist. Of yeah, for sure. All you have to do is buy a water filter to begin with, and then and that's that's what I did. Like when that guy came oh, over, you already got one then. Yeah, when that guy came over, he was like, "Since you're Jake's friend." You're gonna get all these fucking natural soaps and oh, and all that shit, and then I'm gonna give you fifty bucks a month until it's paid off. It's like three grand or something, God. and I'm like, dude, he's like, it's a fucking no brainer for your health, and I'm like, yeah, dude, for sure, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure, absolutely. I even used a secondary filter, a, a little gravity fed one. It costs like a couple hundred bucks, and and it gets everything, the last of everything out, right? And so you have to yeah. 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 But anyway, you do that. And it's, then- it's very important because you start realizing how much energy you, you actually should be having, you know? Oh, 100% agreed. Um, once I actually did these different things, man, shit, I was up on hiking the trails, running down them, all that shit, right? And so, but the other thing is the colon, the colon flush. You got to get the oxy powder and then the, the parasite hit, right? Uh, right. Global Healing Center, they call it Paratrex. And then you get those two and you work them together for, for like six weeks, your life has immediately changed forever. And yeah. Yeah. Like I, I've started note, even just drinking smart water, dude, on yeah. the regular, it's you like, you already notice even just a little change. Oh, like that works, so. I see people just drinking up regular bottled water and I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Right. In my mind, I'm just like, I don't fucking tell them that because I don't want to be like that fucking you guy, right? It's, it's, you're wasting your breath because I'm going to... I'll tell you, I thought after I learned all this shit that everybody would want this knowledge and I'm going to make money off it. Fuck no, can't give it away. There's, no. a reason, there's a reason why McDonald's is a Godzilla dollar corporation because nobody cares about their health, bro. And they serve human on a bun. Goyam on a bun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. No, it sounds like we've fucking scraped the ice pretty good. For sure, dude. Do you want to wrap it up a little bit? Do you want to tell the audience oh, yeah. how, uh, long how long you got to do? I'm still good, man. If you want to keep going, we can roll for a little bit longer. <clears throat> I'm just kind of uh, choked up because we haven't run out of subject matter by any means. I mean, no, that's the thing I, with my every guest that I get on, dude. It's like I could have rolled with you for eight hours. You I know, know right? <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, we're all of a like mind and we're grateful to have each other as, as uh, you know, be able to talk to each other because absolutely. Okay, bro. Do you think how many people do you think I can talk about this shit here in Alaska? Yeah. This yeah. is like, I tell people all the time, this is my church. <laughs> exactly. This is, this exactly. is where I get to go and commune with God, which is well, other like-minded people who love God. We're a group. Ex- that's what it is, man. It's but, simple. Um, people, don't know, people don't know how to grasp that concept because they think that everybody else in Satan's world is, you know, their social life. But this is my social life now, doing a podcast. I wanted to ask you, is there any way, do you interact with the audience at all? I do, yeah, for sure. On Instagram, uh, Telegram. I mean, is there a way to do it live while we're doing this or is this just a recording? I, I could, yeah, I could, I could do like a uh, Instagram live, but I'm so heavily shadow banned that yeah. not a lot of people would get in there. I know, I know what you mean. So it's a fucking struggle, dude. And then, oh, totally. 
it's a it's a spiritual warfare just like you said it's like so i used to have like 300 people 400 people viewing my stories now it's like 10 or 20 right oh yeah my my, my main channel on youtube well i was only had about 1700 subscribers but i was over a million views and um they demonetized me trying to say that I didn't have enough watch hours. So I started live streaming. And after that, they just said, fucking cut him. <laughs> yeah. It does. It's like, it doesn't matter what you do. If you're speaking truth, you're going to get fucked and shoved get, under the radar, dude. God, it's, you're going to get fucked in the ass. Is what but that's gonna... the thing. It's super frustrating. But at the same time, you have to keep fucking pushing. Well, I, I figured out that it's because that's about, what they want. They want to kill your spirit, right? Exactly. But it's not about the size of the audience either. It's the quality of it, and that's where we've gone now. Is where we're, uh, I got a couple of friends too that were cut on the same day, right? And we're like, "What the fuck?" Uh, yeah. Three twenty-two, three twenty-two last year, and um, you know that number, but yeah, <laughs> no, I feel that eventually all this shit's gonna be cut. And we, we're going to be grateful that we at least were able to connect. For sure, dude. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's all about um, gathering like minds and creating content, like being being a creator, how, how God is, right? So exactly. as a fractal of God, I'm a creator. I right? swear to God, you got to read those ringing, ringing Cedar of Russia books. Did you write it mm-hmm. down there? Vladimir Megra, M-E-G-R-E. You can you can read them for free online. I'm not even kidding you. Cool, but dude. Better to have the book and not staring at the screen, right? And for sure, book. for sure. Yeah, and so you can still get them on eBay and all that shit. I mean, I think you can get like the whole set for like 150 bucks, which is cheap as fuck. But these books are amazing. I mean, you you will absorb them. I'm telling. I'm not kidding you. but but at the same time at the same time i I see what you're saying but it's like i already know you know this is gonna no this is gonna expand on what you know okay Uh, cool this is why what when i read them i'm like holy fuck i wish i would have found these 10 fucking years ago right i I, right still think that today and and um like i said I, i i've read tons of books on all the dumb bullshit in the world these are the only set of books that ever really changed my life path. And it literally did. I fucking did a complete 180. I'm not even fucking kidding you. I started growing plants. Never thought I'd ever do that. Fucking started. Uh, I just thought on money, many other different levels, right? And everything really came together for me as far as my spiritual whole. Uh, right. I know the, and, and I know the earth started fight or the, the Satanist, the Satanist earth started fighting me right away. And so I knew I was on the right path. And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, if you if you have like a <clears throat> a small audience, it's probably better than having a vast audience. I mean, I would love to have this show getting out there to more people, but at the same time, it's like I'm not gonna let Satan fucking tell me what to do. You know, Bro, the more people you, you you reach, the more Satan <clears throat> you reach, right? So almost all of them all exactly you know it. Yep. But yeah, um, like I said, I can't recommend these books enough. You can literally go on. Maybe uh, you know what? I'll probably send you a link. I don't know if I can send that link through Insta though. But sure, you sure you can. Copy yeah. link, paste. Sometimes it doesn't go through because they don't allow certain things like that to happen. But there's a couple of places that you can literally read these books for free. 
but I, I encourage people to buy them so that way at least the guy who wrote them gets a little bit of money uh, because uh, that's why I, I do now. I started to read them all online, but now I just buy the books and I give them away to people. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, because fuck, like I said, uh, not many people can ad- adhere to this. Not the the NPCs for sure can't. Um, but people of the like mind, like we are, fuck, we can grasp these concepts right away and go, holy fuck, this is insane. Like like when I told you about the concept, <clears throat> you know, your tongue, how how you felt that moment. Wait till yeah. you, you know you go further with this. Wait till you read these things and and feel it. I mean, because I told a kind of crappy version of it. In the book, it's way more uh, succinctly related. In depth, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you, I mean, dude, as I was reading these things, I, I just felt the whole connection to the earth. That's when I started to go out and sit in the creek and shit like that, right? Right. Um, yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you a little, one other thing about that, which I don't usually tell a lot of people um, because it's hard to talk about. You're gay? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's almost as bad as that. <laughs> no, I started to have these suicidal thoughts. Okay. Right. And that's even worse because your life is actually in danger. Yeah, that's when the parasites get really get to you, right? That's when the Satan gets to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I'd never had those thoughts in my life. As a matter of fact, I could never conceive it. And I figured out why, why it was happening. And that's for the end of the story. But um Anyway, I realized right away my, my life was in danger and I had to try to figure something out because everything, I never attempted suicide. Let's get that straight right away. Same here. Uh, yeah. Right. But the thoughts. I've always been, I've been, I've been really down in the fucking dumps, like chemically. Right. I was down like that. I never thought that I always fought it, you know? Yeah, always. But yeah. the, the thoughts were creeping in at more of a rate than ever before. And I was sitting there thinking, what the fuck, right? And I know that everything begins with that thought, right? Uh, if you want to create something, you have to have the idea first. And that idea is powerful because that's where everything in creation ever started with an idea. So if you have an idea to kill yourself, maybe that's going to happen. You better watch out, right? And so I, I started to try to figure out what could I do? And so I remembered that I had this book where uh, the shaman was talking. Uh, and he said to the villagers, that if you want to strengthen yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, then go sit in the cold water for the day. And I was like, what the fuck, right? I couldn't do it for the day, but I could do it for an hour. And so that's what I started doing. Literally, I started walking down this creek down here by where I live, real fucking cold creek. Right? And, uh, and I started sitting in there, immerse myself in the water and as soon as you do that, it sucks the heat out of you and your body physiology changes. You ever heard of a guy called Wim Hof, the Iceman? No. He's proven this, that you, you can boost your immune system to a superhuman level. I didn't know about this guy when, when I started doing this. Somebody told me about it and I was describing what I was doing. So anyway, I started walking down to the creek and sitting in there in the water. And this 50 degree cold water is fucking enormously hard, right? It's all willpower though. Fucking once you get in that cold water, like I said, everything changes. And I and in order to prove that I was doing this as a filmmaker, I filmed it. I videotaped these sessions, right, of me going out and sitting in this fucking cold water. And and within a week's time, everything changed for me. And you can literally see it on the video. You can see my bad attitude disappear. Right. Yeah. 
and and I transform in one week and not only that, but I in that time I'd lost like 12 pounds of body weight too. Because as soon as you get in that cold water, your body starts to metabolism kicks in, you start burning body fat to warm you back up. Ice baths, dude. I've I've seen like um this is different. This is different. high profile people taking like ice baths, like this corn, like the, the singer from corn taking an ice bath in a fucking bathtub that says corn on the side. It's like a little bit different than that. I, right, I, but they drip far. they drip feed it though, right? Nah, yeah. I, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna warn against going into any type of municipal water because of the toxins therein. Mm-hmm. Want to do this in nature. There's another element about doing this in nature. The creek thing, the being in the water and here in the water and here in nature. This is a auditory signal meridian response, what they call asthma. It's not controllable by the mind. Your body will react when you hear the signal, right? Audio auditory signal, the water, the flowing, the being in nature. All of that attributed to my depression being wiped off me within one week. All right. And I realized what had happened to me too is the reason why I was depressed is because we had been using this water I mean, from uh, the melted snow. And I had, we had like a barrel full of it and we had been using it. Uh, and um, <laughs> fucking, there was toxins in that shit from the chemtrails. I, I oh, shit. Yeah, I could see the little oil slick looking shit on the surface. I shouldn't have been using it. And and that's what made me depressed. And so I stopped doing that with the with the snow and everything went away, right? But anyway, that's that's the story about going into a, a what we call limited cold exposure. Um, you don't do it for a long time. It's like one hour. Uh, you sit in the water. You don't even have to sit in it the whole time. You just get the water to suck the heat out of you. And you can sit on the edge of the bank. Sure. And you do that until your fingertips get numb. It takes you usually about an hour. And and um, and once your fingertips go numb and shit, you know you've done it long enough and you warm up from there. And Because that's, that's what it fills everything up. That's one exposure. And you then feel you your fingertips. Hands are like the... Uh, uh, your, your hands and fingertips are the uh, area where the, your energy gets expelled from, right? So that's... Right. That's how you know, right? Yep, yep, hundred percent. And 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 you got to try this. Um, you got to make sure you have a, a nice body of water to get into, though. A nice flowing, fast flowing, because it filters all the toxins out through the vegetation and shit. And it's a great place to you know go. Yeah. If you can find, I know you can probably find some place like that around you. Oh, I, I'm sure I can. I know, I think I know a place. Absolutely can. And so, right out, and, and like I said, even if you if, even you can't even sit in the water that long, just sit by the side of the creek for at least an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Get just get into nature. Yep. Ground your yep. feet. Take your shoes and socks off. God, I'm glad uh, you said that because that's important. Feet on the fucking ground, man. Yep. Like, I notice when I do that, uh, I feel so good, you know? Yes, grounding the earth. It's important. And, uh, and- sun gazing. What about sun gazing? Sun gazing as well. Yeah, I recently learned about that too. I, I try it here too. It's only good at sunrise and sunset, and it's hard to yeah, see where like I live. Because- right on the horizon. Right on the horizon, so it doesn't damage your eyes, but you can take in all that energy, right? See, we don't have that here. I mean, where I live, we've got fucking trees and hills and mountains. Same here. Yeah. So I don't have a flat surface to look at it at. I can only do it. But what, what I have, luckily, where I'm at now, this is finally where I get to start doing it because the sun's in the proper area. Is like I look at it through the trees, uh, and so that way I don't have to blink as often. 
you know, because you know you can't yeah. stare at yep. long, right? But yeah, I, I, I've heard about that as well, and I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure, dude. I'm going in the uh, winter, though. Fucking so the sun is going yeah, away. Dude. Yeah, my window's open right now, and I'm kind of fucking chilly because I'm just wearing my boxers. That's it. But yeah, uh, yeah dude, it's fucking. I don't want to give give any ladies out there a horrible visual, but whatever. Hang <laughs> <laughs> uh, out. <laughs> Let it all hang out, man. That's what I always say. I rock out with my cock out. Yeah, all the time, man. Here, where I'm at, though, too, about the sun gazing thing, it's been cloudy a lot, and and yeah, yeah. Well, my my oldest brother lives on solar power. He's in a cabin, right? Uh-huh. So, like he said, like the past couple of days, he hasn't had fucking power because there's no fucking uh-huh. sun and shit. But he he survives and thrives with his nine sled dogs, right? So it's all wow. Good. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. man. Anyway, uh, Reg, do you want to plug anything? We're gonna wrap it up here. Um, God, uh, just uh, like what? <laughs> I'll put I'll put everything everything in the show notes where my um my cartel oh, my audience oh, can contact you, you. You mean like my YouTube channel or something? Yeah, everything, everything, and then I'll put everything in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just my uh, actually, you know what? If you just did my Instagram thing, I got a link to the YouTube channel right on it. And so, oh, okay. Right? So, yeah. yeah. So I'll link your IG and then they yeah. can follow you wherever. IG. Right? And then um, also, you want to check out the YouTube channel if you want to see my uh, health videos. I mean, those are my least watched ones of all time, trust me, because <laughs> only a few of us are interested in our health, right? Right. Watching, like I said, you follow those things, you will be transformed. Uh, a little plug on that is that my mom extended her life for seven years. She just recently passed out, sadly, but we're good. And um, power, mom. Hey, this is my other one. My buddy down at Ketchikan who saw the transformation when it happened, because now that it's already happened, it's not dramatic anymore, right? But when he saw it happen, he was like, What are you doing? And I'm like, It's all right there. And he so he wrote down all the supplements. So he spent about a thousand bucks. And um, up until that point, he hadn't been in to knock his girlfriend up. As a matter of fact, she was fucking even wondering why the fuck he hadn't knocked her up yet because he's dumping load after empty load in her. <laughs> Within one month's time. She was knocked up bigger and shit. That's how big his testosterone levels and everything reversed on him. Holy so, shit. Right. And he has a son that owes his life to these these things because as soon as they found out he had a kid, the Nazi sorcerers, his doctors called him in and said you had some type of weird type of, of hep, hepatitis or something. Put him on an experiment of medication, sterilized him. And so don't ever go to them. <laughs> But that's what happened to him, and so he's yeah. got to be done. You know, I always tell people don't take antibiotics because do you right. know what that word means? It's anti-life. Exactly. Exactly. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Check out the 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 Instagram and the YouTube page, and um, I'm gonna continue what I'm starting to do with that one thing. I'm not putting any truth or stuff on it. My last bit that that I can upload. So I'm starting to put the history of of uh my 907 studios which will lead up to the paranormal and all that crap right yeah yeah it's just going to be my the- theatrical projects nothing that will get me any strikes or deleted or anything like that right yeah well people always tell me why don't you fucking do a video podcast and put it on youtube and i'm like because they're gonna fucking delete me yeah they don't like, get it i'm not i'm not gonna fucking do that because like they they wish for my success don't get me wrong but at the same time i tell them it's not going to happen on YouTube, man. 
I know a guy who's on his 14th channel. That's perseverance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. It's, it's all about perseverance, consistency, everything, man. Like, that's what I'm all about. But I'm anyway, sorry. Red. Right on. I hate cutting you off, but. No, it's good. We're yeah. good. I mean, it's been two, two hours and 38 minutes. That's I think that's plenty. <laughs> Fantastic, man. And it was great. Uh, my, you fulfilled my excitement to have you on. And uh, I can't uh, – we, we, I'll probably get you back on another time, man. Just let yeah, me know. Sure. Um, I'll keep you posted. I got a few projects. If they pop off like I'm supposed to, then we'll probably want to talk about them. Because... Let me know, dude. I'm all about the Jew World Order, so I'm not going <laughs> to cancel you. See, we're high-fiving <laughs> right now because we're on the same boat, right? I'm not going to cancel you, man. Trust Thank me. Thank you. Dude, it's awesome. Oh. I'm going to tell everybody in my group, too, to come over to your station, and we're going to oh. Tuning in. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, man. We got to cross pollinate. There's only a few of us in this world. That's it. Yep. We got to rise above, man. We got to rise above all the bullshit. 100% agreed, man. You're on the right track, and I love it. Cool, man. I love you. No homo. (laughs) No homo. Good. I'll be hitting you up, my brother. Cool, man. Peace out. Cheers. Thank you very much, Cartel, for once again listening to the Red Pill Cartel. We hope you enjoyed that show with Reg. Uh, Davey, what did you think? Awesome. One of my favorite guests. Uh, No offense to anybody else, but that was really fun. Yes, I had a very good time, too, sitting back and listening to you guys talk, you know? Uh, But anyway, um, uh, uh, Davey, uh, you know... um, we really appreciate uh, the uh, Patreon members so far. Uh, you know, if you like to support the show, if you like it, you can uh, go to Patreon and uh, donate and give us a tip. More content will be available in the future. We are working on something. And also, drop a five-star review on Apple, or be honest and give us a one-star. We don't care. Just, we like we prefer honesty anyway, so... Also, you can go to Spotify and click the star and give it a one to five star review on as well. So, uh, without further ado, we will see you next time, people. We love you so much. <laughs>